Alrighty there, Joel Radio. Welcome back. It's Joel Radio. Talking movies today. How about that? That's the show y'all like. That was one of the three shows I did last year, I think. I think after the movie show, I took the rest of the year off. But no, not this year. Actually, I don't know. You can't speak to that. But you know how it is when we do the movie show. The man who's been here for the last several years talking movies, Jason Filan Marez is here. Hello, everybody. Jason, say hi. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. Well, it's good to have you back, dude. It's good to, good to be here, my friend. Thank Joel you. Radio is here. Joel Radio in the house. Talking Literally. movies. Yes. And we're going to get to that in a second. There's a lot going on. We had, uh, as we're recording this, the Oscars were last night. Yes, they were. <laughs> and uh, I think there's a couple things to talk about from the actual ceremony. Mm. I don't know how much did you watch much of the ceremony I itself watched very little yeah and then we have the winners and the movies we've seen now look in the past the format i i was gonna wait to do this but i'll do it now the format of the movie show was different meaning i tried to see all of the oscar nominated movies give you my list of the best movies of the year to show you how wrong hollywood <laughs> was this year, I didn't even bother seeing all of the Oscar-nominated movies. Correct. And there's reasons for that. And that actually is a rant I want to get into. In fact, let me make a note for later. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I watch all the movies? And it's funny, because I had this conversation with uh, Miss Layla the other night. Yeah. And she goes, you used to watch all the movies. What happened? And I think I have a reason. I think it's, I think it's a reason a lot of people don't watch all the movies. So we'll get into that. So we have our thoughts on who won and who lost. Okay. And, uh, we'll get into all that stuff. Um, we'll talk some TV. Jason was like, I'm watching this. And we're going to talk about TV. Absolutely. Because he's excited about a show. Yeah, very excited. And I am too. I got show. I always got show. You know me. Absolutely. Um, but what's going on in comedy, dude? What's going on in with you? Uh, comedy is very, very good. In fact, I would say that was that would be the reason why I've stepped back a little bit on my movies this year. Okay. Comedy has been hopping. I'm very That's blessed. Reason, yeah. Working hard as you are, Joel, mm-hmm. and the, the comedy world. Right now, we're pushing a big show that we have coming up with J. Chris Newberg. Very excited. Okay, yeah. The first time we're ever doing two shows in one day. We're doing mm. a 2 p.m. and a 6 p.m. on Sunday the 2nd. Wow. It has also Melissa Hager and myself. Oh, my goodness. It'll be great. It's some fun times. And... We're also trying to get the mental health message out there. We're booking shows at high schools and colleges and trying to get the word out, keeping kids safe and healthy and people uh, want people to know that they're not alone if they're not feeling great, Joel. That's kind of the bottom line. So we're here for them. Terrific. And tell everybody where they can see Jay Chris Newbert, who's been a guest on this show. Yeah. And a longtime friend of mine. Melissa Hager, also guest on this show and a longtime friend of mine, one of my students like you. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for reminding me. Yeah. So our shows uh, are at. Gravcap Brewing in Oxford, Michigan. It's right there at uh, Washington uh, Washington Street, uh, M24. It's where we have our monthly show. We're also available for hire, but if you're looking for us specifically for a monthly gig, it is Gravcap Brewing, Oxford, Michigan. Very proud. Joel has been there. Yeah. Joel will be back there. Yeah, I we hope so. We had a great time. We're always 
You're doing this as a Sunday night? This one is a Sunday. Sunday, yeah. okay. Yeah, do you normally run Sunday? or is We it? do Sundays or Fridays. Okay. Uh, this time Sunday just worked out. The 6 o'clock sold out in like three days, and Chris was like, what do you think about it? <laughs> 2 p.m., I'm like, I do like that. It's, yeah. So far, it's selling, so we're Well, good. you know, when you got no football, Sunday's probably not a bad day to run. Correct. I think you don't, if you're going to, if it's a bar and the NFL's on, you probably ain't doing a whole lot of business for that. True. We, it was funny because we had... Uh, when we had Mike Green, it was in between the championship games and the Super Bowl, but that's the night of the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And, like, nobody cares enough about Mm-mm. the Pro Bowl, so it wasn't a big deal. Nope. But we we're always very careful about things like high school spring break and, you know, and mm-hmm. the June is always a tough sell, July. But then we end up selling those, too. So a lot of good comedy fans in Oxford, and they come from all over. How about you? What's going on well, at the Comedy I, Castle? I, comedy Castle, you know, I think I announced the last time I was on that I was going to be uh, the host of Comedy Castle Podcast over at ComedyCastlePodcast.com. Fantastic. Uh, Tom McCarthy, who had been yes. doing it since its inception and did, I think he did about 125 shows. Wow. Uh, I was his producer for those, so I was actually cutting them up and oh, okay. making the that. website and doing all of that stuff, but wow. Tom was doing the interviews. Okay. Now I'm doing everything from beginning to end, website, the whole Congratulations. job. Congratulations. Um, yeah, so it's really great. It, it's, it's a promotion for me of some kind, I sure. guess you could say. It gets me a little, uh, you know, kind of closer to some of those headliners and getting to meet those guys and uh, meet some of their uh, people as well. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. There is a lot. It's out to, here's the thing I will say, and I'm having a good time. So go over to Comedy Castle Podcast and, and listen to some of those interviews. I think they're fun. Sure. I've, I've had Josh Blue on there, TJ uh, Miller was on there with me recently. Uh, Isabel Hagen, I think you had. Isabel Hagen. She was the first guest I did by myself. Okay, she's great. Uh, and she's great. Her and I get along really good, and good. it was fun. Uh, but I, then I'm meeting new comedians that I didn't really know. Sure. Uh, Emma Willman we had, I had yeah. on there. And Emma did one night on a Sunday. She could be one of the biggest stars in comedy in a couple really? of years. I, I really believe that. She's unbelievable. Okay. And she's just so cool to talk to, too. Like, she's got a real swagger about her, which is... Um, like maybe not what you think uh like because she makes a lot of jokes like she, she's a lesbian mm. she, she sort of has a vague across the room resemblance to like ellen degeneres oh yeah but yet at, actually when you talk to her it's absolutely nothing like ellen degeneres yeah, it's more yeah. like talking to jim norton or something oh nice so it's 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 she's really cool like that and i and i said that on the show i said i could i said emma I never met you. I could have talked to you all day about comedy. That's great. Because she just we talked about well, how do you write? And we're just doing all this like real in depth comedy nerd stuff. I'm gonna go back and listen to yeah, that. Yeah, she was really good. Because now you've got me intrigued. Um, I had a I had a we had a lady that did a one night show called The Depths of Wikipedia. Yeah, what was that? I didn't really it, check it, it's, what that it's was. Literally. She stands on stage and she reads funny stuff from Wikipedia. Okay. But she puts a lot into her. Her name's Annie. Uh, what's her last? She's got a strange last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's from Michigan. And I think she's 23 years old or something. Oh, wow. Good and for her. she started. It's, it's basically an Instagram, the depths of Wikipedia. Okay. She turned it into a live show. She's got some agent booking her. Wow. She sold almost 300 tickets to the Comedy Castle. Did she really? To see her live. And it was a fun show. And was it? So was it yeah, good? Yeah, it was a fun show. Okay. I mean, it was way different. It wasn't stand-up comedy at all. Okay. Um, but the stuff that she finds in Wikipedia, like her curation of what she thinks is funny from Wikipedia mm-hmm. is like dead on. It's really, really funny. Is it like uh, PG-13-ish stuff? Uh, like- yeah. I mean, it's, it's for adults. I sure. mean, it was, you know. It was nerds, and she even she'll even say that she said that in the interview with me. It's like I go, who's following this? And she's like, nerds. And I go, yeah, I guess so. But well, I'm a nerd too, so yeah, for you know. sure. I would think the 
the thing that would really make that show work? Did she have like that, the thing that every kind of live show needs, that kind of pacing up, down, and then like kind of a climactic? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, of... it was uh, basically a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and then she had some live elements to it where she brought people on stage and asked, sort of doing uh, almost like a late night bit. Was this real or was this not real? Almost oh. like when you see like... Uh, Jimmy Kimmel might do like a man on the street thing. Or Jay Leno or whatever, yeah. Or Leno or, or Fallon. It wasn't as dumb as some of the stuff Fallon does. It was yeah. smarter than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a neat show. And, like, you know, why would I be talking to her, you know? But for sure. that was neat. Uh, I uh, was I was recently at the Comedy Castle for TJ Miller, mm-hmm. and I made the, the, every time I go out to the comedy club and I'm going to sit in the front row, I'm always very, <laughs> very conscious of what I'm wearing. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought, let's go cable knit fisherman sweater in the front row and i saw tj eyeing me yeah and i thought he's gonna get me on something then he he was like are you he goes, you, you look so uncomfortable i'm like well i am now but yeah it was no it was great it was fun but i'm always conscious of that and then i thought yeah why did you wear this sweater well, it was so hot there's 400 people in did there. he do see so did some joke about what are you protecting your neck from something or something <laughs> yeah exactly because i think later in the week yeah there was a guy in the front row with a turtleneck. So he's got lines. Oh, of course. He's yeah. got lines. He's I mean, great, and, and You know how comedy works. When, no, when comics good. do crowd work. It's all good. It's all pulling from a certain pool of insults. It's all good. Yeah, it was it's fine. Yeah, you were good. I was at that show. I was. Thank you. I was happy to you, see. you. But when, the, when a comic goes to you. Yeah. You do what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to explain right now, if you yeah. don't mind, and yeah. you, you help out here. Sure. If if you're at a comedy show and the mm-hmm. comedian talks to you, just answer the questions. Of course. It's not, okay, It don't think in your mind, okay, now it's my turn to be funny. No. Right? Funny. Answer the question. The guy's got a joke. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the barrel. Yeah. You say the line, he's going to pull the trigger, just, everyone's going to laugh. Just smile and answer. Uh, you're fucking it up if you do anything right. than just answering his question. Exactly. If he asks what you do for a living, don't go, I'm a pimp. Yeah. You know, I'm a porn star. <laughs> no, just fucking say you're a plumber. It's fine. Right, right. right. You know, well, he's going to make fun of being a plumber. Yeah, he's going to make fun of whatever you say you do. I, yeah, that never bothers That's me, but I do. Thing. I don't mind getting picked on, but I do see people that do that exact thing like, oh, I'm going to out TJ Miller, TJ exactly. Miller. You're not going to yeah. do that, man. There's no way. Yeah, it's like That's you're. You're not, you know, you're part of the show, but it's literally just all they are looking for is some acknowledgement of the thing that you're have a joke so about. They can bounce it off. You, know, you have a joke about married people. Sure. Uh, you, you know, you guys don't have sex anymore or right. whatever that line you're trying to get to. So if you're married and you've been married for a long time, mm-hmm. the comic can do his joke. Of course. All you have to do is acknowledge those things. Answer it. You know, just answer the questions. Just it's the really question. that easy. It's not. But people think it's, you know, I oh, think, we're doing a show together. And it's like, no, you're not. Well, I think <laughs> you're not. I, I think in people get show. nervous. I think having done comedy for a few years, I, I understand, too, that, you know, that just answer. And I would never do otherwise anyway. Mm-hmm. But I do see people that are like, OK, I got to really load up something good and think of something good. Or they miss cues. I saw. Uh, our buddy Mike Green doing a show and, you know, he does a bit where, you know, somebody leaves and he asks somebody in the audience to, to say something or have a cue and he got the person to agree to it. And then when it came time to it, the person just totally dropped the ball and messed up the whole bit, <laughs> really? you know? So, I mean, well, it happens. It's a it, lot of responsibility. It's, it's, it's pretty safe. If you just say the thing. Just say the thing. Just say the thing. Sometimes and we, the, we can all move on. We can, <laughs> exactly. Move on. It is so easy. The show easy. will be so much better. Doing nothing is so easy, but sometimes people can't do that, which it's, I don't it's, understand. It's very simple if you... 
Just, you know, and, 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 you know, most people will just do it. And then, you know, sometimes they feel walking out that like, oh, man, he really picked on me. Oh, but yeah. all he, he did is he asked you where you worked, if you were married or not. How'd you guys yeah. meet? Something very simple like that. You see that show more than once. Of course. Yeah. You're going to see another person yeah. essentially answer those it's exact same, same questions. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you know, you're just filling a chair. That's and, all. and don't be, you know, and, and like you said, the thing that you wore. He was able to find humor in it, mm-hmm. but it didn't really matter what you were wearing. Right. It could have been something you know, else he would have found. And, and that. if you were wearing if you were wearing jeans and a t shirt, okay, maybe he talks to the guy next to you. Yeah. But you don't mind being talked to. Because you know all. what to do. Not at all. You know how it not works. Not at all. It's fun. He was good. Yeah, fun. TJ was a lot of fun. He was a good guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, John Rudnitsky, who we just had. Yeah. Uh was the guy who had done Saturday Night Live yeah. for one season okay. about six years ago. Okay. I don't remember the <laughs> name. And he's a guy from Jersey and, uh, you know, um, but again, another guy that I think could be very, very popular okay. going forward. Yeah. Because he's young. He's still young, even though he was, I think he was on, he was 24, 25 mm-hmm. when he got that show. Handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, does a lot of movies and television. He played Reese Witherspoon's boyfriend. Okay, in a movie. All right, which I think nobody saw, but it was one of those Reese Witherspoon chick flicks. Chick flick, yeah. Right, and right, um, he's done a bunch of you know TVs. Done Curb Your Enthusiasm. In fact, there is some movie they're shooting in Detroit that is a comedy. I have no idea what it's called. I know John is part of it. I forgot to ask him what it was. But a bunch of the, the cast and crew came out. Oh, cool. Uh, for, I think, the Friday night show, one of the Friday, the late show Friday. Very cool. Including a lady named Cassie David. Cassie David. Cassie David. I just mentioned something else. If you can, if your brain can make the connection between Cassie David and Curb Your Enthusiasm and Cassie David. Mm-mm. It's not happening. Larry David's daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Duh. and then she's an actress. Boy, talk about putting another and, team. And uh, her and John it. are friends. That's great. And she came out to the show, so she was at the Comedy Castle. Going our buddy, hanging out. Our buddy Greg Sharp was the host. Who was the feature that weekend? She used to date Pete Davidson. She used to date Pete Davidson. Cassie David did. Yeah. So does everybody. Well, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm next. I think. Sorry, yeah, I Layla. Think you're next but in uh, line. yeah, yeah exactly. Go. No, uh, it was we had Greg Sharp and Martin Butler. Martin Butler. I don't and know Martin, Martin. Uh, Marty. Uh, I call him Marty because I've known him for so long. I've known Marty for twenty. Three years or okay. something. Um, kind of went into semi-retirement in a way, I think, uh-huh. and got a day job. Um, but he's always been really funny. Yeah. And um, I think the deal there is I think uh, Bill Bouchard called him up and said, you're going to do the Comedy Castle. Because he's like not doing shows, and Bill's like, I, I watch you at the club. I love that. And he did the club. He did great. Bill's so, great like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So, awesome. So it was a really good show. It was a fun show this weekend. So yeah, again, ComedyCastlePodcast.com. Go over there. Uh, I'm talking to all those folks, and enjoy those as as... I've done Joel Radio a little less frequently than I like to, but you know, sure. hey. But you know, you also get to the point where, you know, this show, while it's been good promotion uh, for my comedy, and, and I've met lots of people through doing it. Comedy Castle Podcast is my job. Sure. It's literally a thing that they pay me to do. Right. So that has to take priority over something like this. So when it comes to, you know, not watching as many movies or doing as many of, of these shows as sure. I've done in the past, um, that, that's a lot of the reason why uh, yeah. maybe I'm doing a little less of this. But you got to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to sort of prioritize things and you have to compartmentalize. All right, I can do this 
on this day and we'll have this and there's compromise you know and yeah. then it's like okay like tomorrow night i'm doing an open mic with my students okay oh right that's tomorrow night wednesday night i work at the club you know mm. and then thursday i'm off so i'm gonna hang out with layla that night give her a a night, you know. It's, it's the best thing in the world is to have things on the calendar yeah. that require your time and attention. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when I'm not busy, well, shoot, I can do this. I can do this podcast all day long. Right. And, but, you know, the thing about this show, too, versus Comedy Cast podcast is I'm mainly talking to people on the phone mm-hmm. for that one. Right. And, um, you know, for this one, I always like to have somebody live. Yeah. You know, I've done them by myself where it's literally just me. Yeah. You know, I in the past have been hesitant to use phones or web chats because of the audio quality. Because right. I've sort of had this standard of audio that I've been trying to keep up now. And I know this is the first time you've been here. I have new gear. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple shows this way. I did the show with Layla this you way. You've got your Casio keyboard in front of you. Yeah. No, this is the Roadcaster Pro 2 is what this guy oh. is called. Yeah. And yeah. uh, it does all kind of fun stuff. Looks very shiny and it very is. light, brightish. It looks. What looks, was that other? It looks very expensive, you, and it was. You remember <laughs> the the nineteen eighties uh, kids game Simon Says. Simon Says. Oh, yeah, Simon. That's what it looks like. Well, it was Simon. Yeah, you yeah, would just hit these buttons. All the buttons. But if I hit these buttons now, it plays different sounds. Yeah, no, it's actually really. That cool. wouldn't be appropriate to play any of those on yeah, this show. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> and you also can change your voice too. I guess we could do that. You want to do that? Have you got a deeper voice now? No, I got a higher voice. <laughs> but I think it only affects me, right? That's terrifying. Yeah, I think yeah. it's only my voice oh. that is affected by that. That's yeah, there a, we go. So that's, that's there a you nightmare. Go. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a nightmare for sure. That sounds like when Will Ferrell got hit in the neck with that thing <laughs> and whatever movie that was. I forget. Old but school. I, if you had somebody who didn't want to reveal their identity. Yeah. You would perhaps put one of these on. This is like when they you're like a whistleblower, and they <laughs> exactly. they interview, like, right. they show your silhouette, right. and everybody can right. see who it is based on the silhouette, but they still disguise the voice. Yeah, well, like I would have a comic on and be like, you know, um, and then Jason <laughs> Feynman Marez did 17 minutes. Yes, I only gave him 10 minutes. <laughs> Who the fuck does he think he is running the light at my show? He didn't see the light. I mean, I'm Tom Swan. I mean, I'm... I'm. That's a joke. That's real inside there. Yeah, uh, that's some inside baseball. Right on, right on. He's got a big giant clock. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. He's he's launching the space shuttle at the Tiki Bar with a clock. There's a clock at One Night Stands as well. Yeah. You're not a fan of the clock. I like the clock. I don't. Okay. Real quick. Is (laughs) Is it just a purist thing or what? Because I love it. My- well, I mean, a part of the thing is, I mean, it, you could have certain clocks. You'd have a clock that just tells the time right. on stage with the comedian. And I don't really have a problem with that. I've right. played theaters in places where, you know, they have a clock and everybody or the, there's a clock in the wings, meaning you look off to your right and there's a clock. You look off to your left and there's a clock. There's a there's a, a red countdown timer that goes into like hundredth of a second, like, <laughs> like, like, like it's the Olympics or something. Oh, and Usain Bolt is running. And, and like if you're trying to tell jokes, you don't need this red thing going. I've done the Tiki many times. I guess he I guess he has a clock. And then the other thing is like, well, you know, you have an MC. It's their job to get the comics on and off and signal the comedians when it's time to go. And because you have an MC. There may be times when you want to get the person off earlier than you agreed to. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not doing well. 
or maybe like somebody walked in and you got to bump them, cut a couple minutes. Sure. And sometimes you need somebody to go long because you got something kill, happens. Kill time. Yeah. So that's why the MC can sort of give you a little bit of a tolerance one way or the other to make the set a little longer, make the set a little bit shorter versus saying this hard in and out time thing. Mm-hmm. But I also find that like, you know, the shows where people don't know what they're doing, mm. meaning like when people don't know what they're doing in comedy, they learn like you have to respect the light and you have to do your time. Two absolutely important things in comedy. Always. I teach them in my class. They're very important. Always. Okay. You don't enforce that with guys who've never done it before. You know, you have to like they have to learn. And it's like, you know, you, you can't put up a clock like their head's going to explode if that thing hits six minutes. <laughs> Comedy is inexact. It's an art. It's right. not a science. Right. It's an art. If you do, like, you know, when I tell people Comedy Castle, I'm like, like okay, you got five minutes, but, you know, it was like 20, 520. Mm-hmm. You're not in any trouble. Right. You know, I tell the, uh, you the opening act, the like, yeah. you got 15. If the light goes on, you got a minute left, you know, right. wrap it up. And I know sometimes if you go a little short and the MC's there, that's okay, too. It's just to have a clock there that's constantly running down. I hear you. It's sort of, well, one, it's just you have a person whose job it is to do that. You don't need to put it up there to, like, make me sort of beat the clock or something. I understand it just, what you're It's saying. like, yeah. you know, I know, first of all, when you're a veteran, you generally know how long you've done. Yeah. Just because you learn it. You like, should. that's the thing that you learn from doing it. Sure. You learn how long the jokes take. You know, the more people there, the more laughter. Maybe it takes a little longer, whatever. But it's also you're enforcing this time thing stricter. Because I say to him, I go, Comedy Castle doesn't have a clock. These I played all these clubs coming up. None of those clubs had a big red clock. With them. And so it's like you're making you're taking it so far to the extreme right that now it's you've you're losing out on the spirit of what those rules mean and the spontaneity maybe well, yeah of the i act? think yeah. so and i think it's just would the comics be better without having that clock up there would they be more relaxed would the show be more fun i think so and i just think it's sort of like you know like like you know there was a time when you you know you couldn't buy a clock like that on amazon for 49 dollars. <laughs> sure so what did we do before that for 50 years of stand-up comedy? We just... We, we had a guy hold up a candle in the back of the room. Are we timed? It was fine. We made sure we knew it was our fine. time. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. We yeah. don't need that. It's 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 just... It's sort of laughable. Like, okay, you're, you're enforcing the rules. Okay. Right. And not to mention, like, if I'm up there, I don't give a fuck about your clock. Right. I don't give... I mean, and I don't mean that I'm going to blow the clock. No, I know what you're don't saying. Don't invite me to your comedy show. No. But if I'm telling... I'm not going to run off the stage because right. your thing got to whatever it is. Oh, no shit. I'm going to do yeah. the show. I'm doing a show for the audience. Right. I'm not doing a show for the booker. Right. He's going to pay me, and that's what I want, but my performance is for the audience. Right. So if I need an extra minute to do another... Like, sometimes I, I do this, and I'll, I'll literally say this sometimes on my show. Like, I was going to leave on that one, but... Let's leave you on this one Got and it. I can give them one more. Sometimes it gets short and I go, usually I have like the typical closure that I do, but the joke that goes for it is really pretty strong and I can close on it if I need to. Right. If I feel like I need to go and it's a big enough laugh, I'll just go. Mm-hmm. See you later. And if not, I go, I'm going to give you this one. Well, I've never been a big fan of the whole, well, that's my time. Well, oh, that's oh, my time is bad too. That. Yeah. That's my time. Yeah. It just looks because so amateur. You want the audience to feel like this person completed their thing. Yeah. That you saw what they went there to do. Correct. And, and that makes for a better show. Then, so, well, that's my time. It's like, well, 
I really enjoyed that guy. Why Why does he get more time? And you bring up some schmuck who's not funny, <laughs> and he just has more time. But right. it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's all, you know, sometimes comedy, you know, again, one thing I stress in my class, and I know you know this, is think of it from the audience's perspective. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying about, you know, time and in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people also, I think, in the beginning when you're open micers, that time is sort of... Um, it's not a payment, but it's sort of like a hierarchy of this guy's good. He gets seven minutes. Oh, yeah. For you sure. get five, five minutes, yeah. and this guy gets five. Yeah. And why is this guy get five and you get seven? And it sort of pits people against each other in a way. Yeah. It's sort of like, and, and I know Paul Pepitoni does this at, at New Way, and it's the thing I used to do at my open mic at Club Bart for years is, you know, if a guy's on a roll and he's good, I'm not going to pull him off the stage. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not going to let him stay up there all night, but right. you know, it's like he can have an extra couple minutes because he's good. Let's have some more fun with. This and person. if a guy's dying, even if I said you got five minutes, yeah. if you're dying after three minutes, I don't want the audience leaving the club. Exactly. You know, I want them to stay and eat and drink and make money for the venue. You can hear that energy suck. So it's like I'm going to pull you off for three minutes, and I'll tell you, anytime I ever pulled people off early. I do it a lot, but I did it, you know, once a show or every other show or something. I pull the guy aside, usually brand new guy or something. I said, listen, come back next week. Yeah. You can come back next week and do it. No right. big deal. Right. And get him next week. Tonight's not your night. We're going to move on, get some other funny people up there, and you come back next week. Yeah. And for most people, that's fair. Because yeah. I get that, like, if you go up there or you, you light a guy early, he might want to fist fight you. Yeah, like, that's oh, certainly that a hope. thing that would happen. Uh, that would be. Or could happen. Unfortunate. But, I'm telling you, when you say to somebody, and just come back next week. That's all they need to hear. Yeah. You're doing them, you're doing everybody a favor. They're you're probably relieved. Yeah, exactly. You're saving the audience. But you got to, it has to be a pretty, pretty gruesome death if you got to pull, because if you pull them at three, that means you were thinking about <laughs> it at two. You know what I mean? You well, already I mean, knew. There's certain, when you don't know a person, you know, when, when you know it's like their first time on stage or their, you know, second or third time on stage, like you got to watch that person close. Mm. And like if you're running a show, like I said, you know, like New Way is sort of the new one where, you know, I have no idea who some of these people are. Right. Like you should really be in the room watching them. If uh, you put Josh Adams on stage and you want to walk outside and have oh, a smoke or whatever you want to do or go to, go to the men's room. Killing it when you come it's back. It's yeah. safe. Yeah. You know, that person's not going to be, you know, no. doing anything bad. They're not going to be running over. No. So. I think in those cases, but I think when it's somebody brand new, you really should watch the show. And again, it's for the sake of the audience. And if you take care of the audience, the audience is going to take care of the bar. I mean, that's how those things work. I mean, you have a show that has been running successfully because you're making money for your venue. That's it. You know, now, are you making money for yourself? Yeah, I sure Mm -hmm. hope so. I don't know, but I'm assuming you are. are. And you're paying comedians. So it all comes from that serving that audience and you know if the audience didn't want to hear because i know this happens at places where you know people do it for a while or six months of the show in a certain room Mm -hmm. and then the ownership goes like hey we can't do this anymore yeah and sometimes the comedians are really taken aback they're like oh my god we're we we're packed every night or it was so good and they don't get that you know there might be people that aren't coming that night right that would have come yeah and those people spend big money. Yeah. And what they'll do is, you know, they're not there on Thursday night when it's comedy night, when it's open mic night, but Friday they come in yeah. and go, man, I wish you'd get rid of that comedy night. I'd love to come in on Thursday. Uh, and, you know, this guy's dropping 
Yeah. You know, some big money on stuff. And, and so you kind of got to go, well, you know, I got comics drinking waters. True, yeah. <laughs> and look, I don't believe it's the comedian's job to keep these places afloat either. I no. don't think comedians need to eat and drink. No. If you want to, you can. But, it, you know, to do their job. Yeah, they're there to, to make people laugh. And that's their obligation to the place, not to eat a bunch of crap. I, I know that when we're running our show and I, I don't your point to, to people being beginners yet, because sometimes you worry they're just going to dive into like the most inappropriate thing yeah, just to get a, yeah. a reaction. But I know even at our shows and we, we've never actually had anybody bomb, I would say. But just because these are people that I care about and like, I am usually when they're doing their thing, I'm usually mm. in the hallway pacing because yeah. I'm very nervous because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want anybody to be rude to them, but I don't want them to be rude to anybody or take something wrong. Um, And it's all very tense. But then I think this is the biggest thing I would tell anybody that wants to produce a show is that, you know, start by making the show you want to see, but then also remember that that's not necessarily the show everybody wants to see. That was the thing I had to learn. If it was up to me, you know, just have like, you know, Tyler and Charles and Finkel (laughs) and, and Cam on every single show, of course, Camilla, but, you know, people want a nice variety, and I think yeah. that's what we try to give them. And, and yeah, it, and it's, you know, these open mics get canceled, too, because people say inappropriate things. Really inappropriate. And, Not like comedy yeah, funny, but just like... It's just like, well, yeah, this place doesn't want that Trying here. to get a reaction. And again, probably one guy complained. Right. It's all it takes is one guy. Exactly. And in some cases, it's all it takes is one guy. And sometimes, like in a club... If if you get a complaint about your the thing that you said, you just may not come back. I got I got we were doing a private show and we got complaints about me. Oh, I was the only one that they complained about. I'm glad those I'm glad they found the right place. Uh, right. Exactly. After I wrote them down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. You know, here's the thing. I was hosting only doing seven and I had like my darkest, dirtiest stuff. And I it probably is better served in like a 30 minute set. It mm-hmm. usually does really well. But I made the mistake of like trying to cram three or four of these jokes into seven minutes as the host. And it was hard because they were very hard to get their attention. And I thought, oh, this will get them. And it just kind of backfired. So lesson learned. But as far as when I put people on shows, I really only hire people I know and trust because it's my reputation, you know? I mean, I don't want, you know, like you just said, we've seen the open micer who goes up, hey, and we know, I'm a guy, name it under the sun, (laughs) racial, sexual, pervert, you know, something about kids and some shit nobody wants to hear, you know? I mean, Hitler wasn't that bad. Yeah, let me tell you why. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's shock. I'm doing a quote of a bad comedian talking about how yes. Hitler isn't bad. This is not me saying hey, Hitler this was is, terrible. Let me like, get that right. This is like Tar. <laughs> she says things out of context. But, you know, the transcription of the podcast of course. is the thing now. Yeah. Joel Fragmenti so said bad. that. Yeah, and no, then print that no, out. No. Yeah. Nowadays, man, that's... That's how it is, that's man. That's how it is. That's Oh, believe me, if I get anything, like, if there's like, we're going to hire you to be on network television, it's like... You'll never hear these Joel radios ever again. Oh, see, so bury them. They'd be gone. <laughs> They'd be gone. One, bu- I can push one button on yeah, the control panel. Isn't that a shame, though? Boom. I just well, it's it's a minefield. You know, like that's the guys like like the Shane Gillis thing. I mean, they announced him for SNL, right? And that's when people went started going through his history. Yeah, what did he do again? It was it's a, a podcast. Tweet. It was a podcast. Podcast. What did he say again? I do. Remember I don't the even story. remember. But yeah, it was, it was something racial on a or. And it's just like, 
you know, there was a guy, there was a video game guy yeah. who's, who did a thing. And, and this is not funny to me. Okay. This is funny to a guy who doesn't know what funny is. Okay. But also at the same time, no one should be offended and cancel a guy over. It was International Women's Day, I think, which was it was recently uh, couple, this year. A couple you weeks know? ago or yeah. something, yeah. Oh, it's International Women's Day. Go make me a sandwich, women. <laughs> he said that, which, you know, is a, just a bad joke. That's just tired. It's just a bad, yeah. lame, like easy yeah, joke. Yeah. That look, if, if it's, it's not even a joke, if it's, it's five guys sitting around watching the football game and you say that, I'm sure the other guys would chuckle at it. Like, you can't say that on a podcast or yeah. I think he actually did a tweet. That was a tweet, I think. But it's still like, you know, one of our comedians. Oh. I won't name him. I think if you knew who it was, it would make sense and be hilarious. But he used that during crowd work because there's a woman giving him some flack. But if you knew who it was, and I can tell you off camera, but it, <laughs> it, it, it works and he can get away with it totally. I, if you get everybody on your side, that's one thing. And she w- was, I think she really wanted to be part of the show. So he made her part <laughs> of the show and it was hilarious, but well, it was, uh, you hey, know, the old make, my, make me a sandwich. Make me a sandwich. The oldest line in the book. The oldest. I don't think my wife has ever made me a sandwich. No, she's and never. She doesn't. Me. You know, she never made. You, my wife's never made you a sandwich either, as far as I know. Well, your wife has not made me a sandwich. Yes, I can assure you. That that, I don't think my wife has oh, made yeah, anybody yeah, a sandwich. My wife's made me a bunch of sandwiches. Uh, so wait a minute. No, uh, I Let, think she made me a sandwich. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She makes me. A she sandwich. loves you. That's just so I'll. And yeah. it doesn't matter what day it is. I'm all. It's always welcome. My wife makes me tea. Is that like? Sure. It doesn't seem like the same. Hey, woman, go make me some mm. tea. That kind of doesn't sound the same. I make tea yeah for layla absolutely when we're watching tv she'll go i'd like a tea yeah and i go okay or i'll go i'm gonna make coffee because sometimes i get a little snoozy oh god as i after dinner and kind of ease on turn lights out yeah and i go i probably should have some coffee to watch this show yeah or this movie to pop back up and she goes oh make me a tea and i make her tea and it's fine that's what yeah. we do for the people that we care about all right it's a beautiful thing speaking of watching stuff i think it's movie time sure what do you think absolutely Be good to get into it all right yes, so sir. the oscars were last night and again all right, I did not... Oh, I'm going to do this rant that I wrote down why I didn't watch all the movies. Okay, so I did not make my best and worst list. I physically probably only saw... I mean, I saw less than 20 movies mm-hmm. for the year. Oh, wow. I think. Now, look, when I say movies, when you get into streaming, mm-hmm. I think that line gets a little blurry. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I went to the theater... Three times? Okay. Four times? I mean, like, very few. Yeah. Um, just because there's... Well, and then that's part of what goes into my rent. So anyway, here's my deal. For years and years, the Oscars used to do a thing, and it would drive me crazy on this show, and I would talk about it, and even before this show, where... They would have these nomin. They would nominate movies, uh, and the nominations would come out early. And many of those movies had not even played yet, right? Meaning they hadn't even opened in a theater. Now, look, they do the New York and L.A. one week, of course. There's some like thing that they have to do to be nominated, where it plays at a theater for the public, right? For a week or whatever long it is, but then they hold it back until it gets its nominations. Then they let it out, but then it's only in a few theaters. And you got to really, then yeah. they would even wait till after the Oscars yeah. to release the thing wide. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, how can we get excited for these movies mm-hmm. 
when we literally can't even see them. Right. Like they were using the Oscars as a way to like sell tickets to the show. Mm -hmm. And I think for a while that did work for some things, but it also made me very uninterested in the Oscars because it's like, why can't, I don't know if this movie's any good. I mean, I I move on to different things very quickly. Yeah. So when I see that a movie, I like the idea of it, and then I feel like I have to really track it down. I'm willing to do that for a little while. Sure, yeah, yeah. Then when it becomes where I can't find it, I just give up and move on. Now, with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. more and more things went to streaming, and they went to streaming more quickly. They did, yeah. Since, I mean, not that the pandemic's over, but now, in 23, 22 they really started pushing these things to streaming early where I believe, I believe if you have enough services, <laughs> you could have watched all 10 of the best pictures Correct. at home on your couch without ever having to go into movies. You know, since the, I think when stuff got nominated, like that's when I started doing a search for some of these. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of them still hadn't quite come out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of did what I wanted them to do. Mm-hmm for years and years was make these movie accessible. Yeah. Okay. Now the movies are accessible. And I think to some people now the feeling is it's sort of like a pendulum that swung the other way. Now it's kind of like, well, really this fucking Netflix thing, Mm -hmm. that's the best picture. Right. The thing that's sitting next to all this garbage on Netflix. Right. That does you know, seem strange. The floor is lava. And then this movie is supposed to be the best right. movie of the year. I know. So now I feel like they've sort of ghettoized. Uh, I don't know if that's the right term, but, you know, th- there's th- this content has just become more content for these streaming services. Well, they call them prestige pictures. Yes. And it's hard to yeah. think of them as prestige. Exactly. You're right. You, what you said when they're in amongst, you know, whatever yeah. other silliness. Yeah. I mean, you actually look up on Netflix all quiet on the Western front. It's there. And then there's just like yeah. garbage on it's either just, side. It's just junk. on And, yeah. and you know, people like that junk and yeah, that's fine. You fine. Know, I'll watch some of it too. It's like, it's like junk food. It's um, fine. So, so I think now you kind of go, well, you know, do I even like, do I even want to watch this thing? Am I, you know, it's like you get to a point where you go, am I just watching these things for the sake of this show, which for years and years I did. And I go, boy, it's going to be exciting when I can, watch the Oscars and I'll know what all the movies are. And for the last seven or eight years, that's what it was. I'd watch the Oscars and fuck, I saw all those movies. Mm -hmm. What a great show. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the show's not even good. Yeah. Do I care if I know what these movies are? I also feel like looking at what one best picture and we'll get into that. They're starting to do, and you could say they've been doing this for years where they want the Oscar ceremony to be a story in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Meaning like they're, you know, this year, mm-hmm. you know, Asian whole, largely Asian cast. Yeah. You know, Asian director. For one best of the director. Directors. And yeah. it's kind of like we're letting the Asians, win. you know, last mm-hmm. year, Coda won. Didn't I, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Coda, that won last year. Another good movie. Mm-hmm. But it was de- about deaf people. Mm-hmm. It was not a great movie. Right. It was a good movie. I, right. I liked it, and I recommend people watch it. And, you know, my girlfriend, who, you know, did not go to film school and does not read reviews of stuff, that was her favorite movie of the year last year. I remember you telling me that, yeah. Because she goes, oh, this is like, because it's kind of like, well, this could have been a uh, like an ABC movie of the week. They don't really do those anymore. But you know what I mean? It was sort of like, <laughs> but I know it was exactly a feel-good yeah. movie. It was sort of predictable. It hit all the beats you thought it was going to hit. Sure. Good movie, but I also feel like, well, look. 
You know what would be cool is if the deaf people got up and accepted the Best Picture nomination. That'd be a cool thing to see. Yeah. It'll be a cool thing to see all those guys that haven't been, you know, Brendan Fraser and yeah. these guys who haven't been acting in a long time and yeah. they've been in all these garbage movies. Yeah, it's just a story. They get a thing. So it's the comeback story. Yeah. Everyone wants these feel good moments at the Oscars. Yeah. You know, when they would give when they were giving it shit to, you know, uh, uh, James Cameron for Titanic and stuff. Yeah. Everyone was like, look at this fucking rich motherfucker. Oh, he just this guy's just a billionaire. Rolling in it. He's got yeah. the most successful movie of all time. Yeah. He's got all these awards. He doesn't even really give a fuck. No. He can even show up this year. Yeah, exactly. Potentially for Avatar, yeah. after. So it's just like, I think people are kind of done with that. And I think they want these, all these underdogs to win moonlight. Mm-hmm. Fuck that movie can blow me. I hate yeah. that. Movie. I mean, the moonlight was actually okay. Parts of it, but I, I, I don't know what it, you know, it sounds just, like what you're, you're kind of touching on is like kind of a large, kind of like a patronizing kind yeah, of, yeah, it's, kinda, a, it sort of becomes condescending the, in a way, the queen for a day kind of thing where yeah. it's like, we're going to, but it's also like, does the Academy feel like, you know, all the criticisms of Hollywood and the insiders is, you know, it's not racially diverse. It's, you know, women are not represented well. Right. Um, you know, physically challenged, handicap, you know, mm-hmm. whatever we're, we're trying to support those things. And it's like, so we're going to reward those things, right? Maybe rather than what would be just a great fucking movie made by, you know, like in my, in this year, we'll talk about it. Possibly the best guy that ever made movies might've made the best movie he's ever made. Mm -hmm. And yet that doesn't win. And it's kind of like, well, you guys, you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right. I've, I've never liked the idea of the award as a lifetime achievement. Yeah, award. yeah, there's that too. That. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. Um, and you know, like, hey, do we remember uh, uh, what was the, the the guy doing the push-ups from City Slickers and all that? Oh, Jack Palance. Yeah, Jack Palance. Yeah. That's a memorable thing. That's a. But I mean, it's fucking City Slickers, and he won the Oscar <laughs> yeah, for that. He won right? the Oscar, yeah. and it's kind of like yeah. that's a cool thing to see him. But you yeah. know, I, f- I forgot about the, that the movie City Slickers even existed. City Slickers, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to get into these, Jason? I mean, uh, we can start with. Uh, Here's what I thought we'd do is we'd go through these. We'd talk about what won, mm-hmm. um, what we thought should have won it, based upon what actually did win. Yeah, we could do and that. then if we have a list of some other movies, because there's some other interesting movies this year that I did see in addition to these that I've never talked about on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead. Best Picture was won, as I mentioned, by Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Um, and that's just, well, I'll tell, we'll just do this again. All Quiet on the Western Front, I didn't see. And you said you I saw didn't. some of it. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. You like what you saw? I did, and yeah. I, it's a, the plan is to watch the rest. As I mentioned, I fell asleep, but I did not fall asleep because it was boring. I fell asleep because yeah. I was exhausted. Well, it was just, it, it's a good movie. It's very long, right? Yeah, yeah. It's in German, I believe. The first 10 minutes, I was hooked. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is well, really look, good. Yeah. I loved 1917 so did I. Ago, which is a great World War One movie. So did I. So I feel like All Quiet Rest would be something I'd like. I didn't get to it, though. Sure. Um, Avatar, The Way of Water, if you listen to the last podcast I did here, we went to the theater they put us in the wrong theater. They literally a hundred people were in the wrong theater because they told us to go to the wrong one. Oh shit! And then they started it across the hall. And so we missed the first 10 minutes of oh, it, I'd be so but pissed. I enjoyed, I was very pissed. I still have free passes to go back and I haven't, but I enjoyed avatar. Did you see it? I didn't. I didn't like the first one. Okay, um, yeah, fair enough. The, they have Avatar rides at Disney World. Mm-hmm. They're really, really good. But I've never really no. enjoyed the movie. I just couldn't. Did get you in. go in the theater to see the original? The original Avatar? I did. I did. Because oh, right, that was pretty thrilling at the time. It was very well done. <laughs> yeah. I just I couldn't get into the story. I didn't feel like there was anything there for me. Okay. To connect with, but obviously, 
a major, major achievement. Yeah. You can't fault him for uh, that. We had Banshees of Inishirin that didn't win. I saw that, yeah. What'd you think? <sighs> <laughs> I'm looking for the word. I mean, I don't want, want to be that person that, oh, it was weird. I didn't get it. Yeah. I, it, it was weird. I did get it. Yeah. I do think it was trying to draw. You saw it, right? Yeah, I did see it. I did and think, I liked it, but yeah. I also kind of know where you're going with this. Well, and I, I mean, agree with you. Yeah, thank you. It was just the the conflict of the movie is established in the first five minutes, and then it's sort of an yeah. unraveling of why this conflict exists. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have the civil war going on across the water, yeah. which I think they were trying to draw a parallel between well, that and then the destruction of this friendship. Yeah, I think apparently. So if you didn't see Banshees of Inisherin, basically two guys are friends. It's it's nineteen twenty three in like rural Ireland. In in Ireland. Ireland. They're in an island off the coast of Ireland. Right. There's a war going on on the mainland of Ireland. So in a way, they're in a good place. There's yeah. no war going on. Yeah, they're safe. And they're very simple people. They go to the pub, they yep. raise their crops or whatever they do. Yep. And one guy, the the guy that Colin Farrell plays not the brightest guy in the world, kind of a simpleton. Just a simple guy. Uh, but his buddy, who is played by Brendan Gleeson, one day just decides, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Right. And he tells him, he goes, you're dull. Yeah. You're dull. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Yeah. And yeah. so the movie kind of goes from there. Now, I've read that the director, uh, Martin McDonough, said that this is really about, you know, husbands and wives or mm-hmm. that kind of relationship. It's like, what if you took a marriage transpose that onto you know, a marriage that's falling apart and transpose that onto a friendship. Just a regular and, heterosexual. And, and, but how ridiculous it would seem, yeah. I think, in a way, too, for someone to say, I never want to talk to you again as long as I live. To see something dissolve like that. And the other person doesn't understand and yeah. sort of the empathy you feel. But yeah, the movie's very weird. It felt definitely like if I was like in high school and someone was like, well, you don't have to read that book because here's the movie of... You know what I mean? Like some old novel that was yeah. like, I remember there was something, oh, I, I, you might know better than me, right? Because you taught English. Yeah, and stuff. I did. Yeah. There, was, there, was, there was Bartleby the Scrivener. I remember Oof. reading, that's a short story. Yeah. And I can't, it might be Melville. It's one of the big well, yeah. kind of authors. Herman Melville, yeah. And, and Bartleby the Scrivener's thing was, this, he would say, I would prefer not to. Mm-hmm. They would ask him to do something. He ends up in jail. You know, I would prefer not to. Would you prefer to, you know, and then they, they try to feed him. He said, I prefer not to. And the guy dies. Right. And it's supposed to be some allegory for life. Or sure. Human existence. Sure. Kind of felt the vibe of that from this movie a it little did. bit. It did. Um, it's beautifully shot. Oh, it looks amazing. Stunning. Um, I thought I thought Colin Farrell and uh, and uh, uh, the other guy, Brandon Gleason. I thought those guys were fantastic. Amazing. Um, they were in, in Bruges together. Which yeah, in Bruges is a great movie. Yeah, yeah same director. Yeah. That's that's a more fun movie to watch. Very fun movie. for sure. It's Hilarious. really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would recommend this movie to somebody who knows what they're getting into. Yeah. I, I don't think like my girlfriend did not watch this with me. And I, I think that was the right call. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I watched it alone, too. I watched yeah. it. It was, um, yeah, you obviously, yeah, you're watching something that you know has some layers to it, that it's not just all on the surface. Yeah. But it it really was uh, sad and, and bizarre. Yeah. And it almost had like a strange David Lynch quality yeah, to it with yeah. some of the stuff that happened. You're yeah. like, wait. Did I just do what I think you just right, did? Right, right. Yeah. So I don't want to get in. I don't want to spoil it because if, if you do want to watch it, it is on HBO Max. It's really yeah. I, I mean, I, I would not re- recommend it. Like you said, beautifully yeah. shot, great performances. I think Colin Farrell is slowly developing into one of the great character oh, actors. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's 
he was such sort of they wanted him to be this next leading man yeah kind of action star or romantic comedy star but he's found especially with martin mcdonough like kind of these little uh, roles not i mean he's the star of this movie but it's also his character is so not what you would expect from a major Hollywood star. No. And that's really good. So then you um, flip him over to playing the penguin. Yeah. In the, yeah. W- in the Batman movie. Yeah. Which is, shows a lot of flexibility. Um, so yeah, uh, I think we both recommend that sort of with an asterisk a yeah, little bit. Yeah, absolutely. This is good. Uh, Elvis. Uh, yeah. I loved Elvis. I think I talked about it on the show. I loved Elvis. I think that uh, I love Baz's movies. Yeah. I always know that they're going to be a spectacle mm-hmm. and they're going to be beautifully shot and there's going to be a lot of eye candy. I do think that it almost seems like a tale of two movies. I thought the first half mm. just f- ran so fast through every single yeah. event in Elvis's life. Yeah, it did. And, yeah. And then I think the second My, my half- girlfriend got up to pee and she comes back. And oh, like, she- I go, he's married now. <laughs> Right. It, no, exactly. It flew. He hadn't even met Priscilla, I think, before she went to pee. It's crazy. It's hilarious. Yeah. But then uh, when we get back to like the Vegas years and stuff, it slows down. And, you know, we can talk about this. It, it could be its own podcast, but I'm never a, a huge fan of the music musician biopic or yeah. biopic because it's always going to be the basically the same story, but that is the story. You know, rags to riches, yeah. crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe they rise back right, up again. Yeah. The young man that played Elvis was, was Austin yeah, Butler. Austin Butler. What yeah. can you say about that? That was awesome. Amazing. And I guess if you, if you, it's sort of that deal where you look right at him like, well, he does he's not a dead ringer for Elvis. Not at all, but he embodies him. Yeah, That's yeah, way yeah. more important. Yeah, he was great. He and was, yeah. um I thought the movie was a lot of fun to watch. I did too. I think they made the music really good. Like they used they yeah. picked great music. They did. I saw that in the theater. It sounded unbelievably Same. great. It was Same. super fun to watch. Same. Um, you know, super colorful as a lot of those movies were and you know, the sixty eight comeback special and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot more that you could have gotten into with Elvis. Sure. That was sad. And, you know, the Tom Hanks as the Colonel was pretty lousy, let's be I, honest. Thank you. It's, okay, it it so really is not good. Why yeah. did you, why do you, because I agree, but why do you think so? I mean, he just, he just, he felt like a Batman villain. You know, he brought up <laughs> the <laughs> penguin. He kind of, yeah. And like, his mustache. And the Colonel, now, I guess, so here's what people, a lot of people didn't realize Batman that the villain. Colonel was European. He was from the Netherlands, okay? But he kind of carried himself as a good old boy, as an American. Right. But Tom Hanks, I guess, didn't bother to even find out what the colonel sounded like. Because there's interviews. You can watch him. He's on Nightline. Right. Like, after Elvis dies, Ted Koppel interviews him on Nightline. Yeah. And... You can hear what the colonel sounded like, and he does not sound like, oh, Elvis, well, get that. And it's so European, and it's just like, and there's prosthetics, and it's just kind of like, what the fuck is this? And it it almost <laughs> ruins the it all. Like for some people, I think they came. Oh, that ruined the movie for me. It didn't ruin it for me. But it's also like there were other ways to do that. When he first came on screen, I rolled my eyes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what? Because even though I didn't have that information that you did about yeah, the colonel, yeah. it just felt like a lame mailed in. Yeah, just I mean, didn't do the homework. Well, I guess if if you're Tom Hanks effort. and you're going. What do we assume the colonel is? Well, he's this cigar chomping fat guy, you know, spitting out tobacco juice, yeah. going, hey, Elvis, here's what you're going to do, man. We're yeah. going to put you in the movies. Right. And we're going to have you. You know, it's like, so he's not doing that. Right. But what he chose uh, was kind of not great. And I think if you're if you're Tom Hanks, the, the problem with if you're Tom Hanks is you're going to make a decision to do something. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Boz Lerman, as much as he's accomplished, I'm guessing probably doesn't go to Tom Hanks and go, hey, look, dude, this sucks. Do something else. Right. It, it would take balls to go up to Tom Hanks and go, hey, man, this ain't working. Right. There's something else. And maybe Spielberg would do it. And maybe uh, Zemeckis would do it because him and Tom work together a lot. Right. I, I didn't yeah, get the feeling maybe Baz would, Baz would just be like, yeah, I guess. I mean, well, let's see. He, I actually think for, for Baz, Tom Hanks seems like a very weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. I seemed like he yeah. would go with somebody. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as, maybe less well known, but just more of, Tom Hanks is a great actor, but I, I just don't think fit in that role. And it's very rare well, where I will watch something and say that person was miscast. But this, yeah. in this case, I would well, say. A little bit. I mean, look, I did not really hurt my enjoyment of the movie. Me neither. And I was fine with it. I mean, it had had that character been better, I think maybe this movie. And, and I think it's also sad how little uh, love this got from uh, the Academy. is In terms of the wins, I mean, it looked like it got... Lots of nominations. I don't have won any of them. Did Baz get nominated for Best Director? Um, he did not. Yeah, he did not. We'll get to that in a second. Sure. But let's let's talk about the next movie that did not win, The Fablemans. Yes. Did you see it? I did not. Oh, Fablemans is fantastic. I mean to see I, it. My favorite movie of the year was The Fablemans. Okay. That's what I'm saying. If I was doing my list, which I did not do, I think The one. Fablemans would be number one. And I'll tell you why. Because... And, and again, maybe this would be more my thing, but I think there's a lot of people that would f- be like me and feel like they could see themselves in this character. So the Fablemans is really the Spielbergs, okay? So yeah. it's basically his life, the kid that you watch from age six through high school and into his adult working years on uh, at Universal Studios. You is the story of Steven Spielberg. And I think I saw myself in... You know, they showed the first movie he went to and how cool he thought that was. And I think it was it was I think it was the greatest show on Earth, which was about Ringling Brothers. And right. there's a train crash that's, you know, clearly models like however they did this. Sure. In, you know, the 50s. But, you know, he goes home and gets his model trains and his little eight millimeter movie camera yeah. and tries to recreate that. Yeah. And, and what's also great is it's not just him doing it. You see his parents helping him. That's nice. To to do all of this stuff. Yeah. Well, which is really nice. And of course, his family had a lot of stuff maybe people didn't know. There, there's, a, there's a documentary about Spielberg that's on HBO. It's supposed to be very good um, that I never saw. But I, I really should watch it now because a lot of that was in that movie, too. But, you know, his mother had some issues, mental issues, yeah. mental health issues. Right. Um, you know, the parents broke up. At one point, he moved... I think he was born in New Jersey, and he went, moved to Arizona ultimately, and and uh, uh, went to high school and stuff in Arizona. Bullied in high school, yeah. uh, anti-Semitic attacks from other students. Um, you see, really, one of the most fascinating things is the movie that he made in high school. Yeah. Uh, it was Beach Day for High School Beach Day. Oh yeah, and they give him. Uh, actually, this, at this point, was he in Southern California? No, where was he? he? Was in Northern California, somewhere in the Bay Area, I think. Yeah. At this point, in high school, and they they go to Beach Day, go to Santa Cruz, and the girl he's dating, her dad was a cameraman for the news or something. Oh wow! So he gives him this like sixteen millimeter camera. Wow! To shoot like this high school movie. Yeah. And then when you see what he did, like with the cutting and stuff, like he makes the bullies look really bad. I'm kind of ruining it, but no, that's okay. Me, you'll love it. You'll love it when you see it. Did, who did? It's the, like he's he's like 
he gets his revenge on all these assholes in his own way by making this movie, and he's like the toast of the town. That's, it's it's really cool. That's the so, best kind of revenge. Yeah, it, it's a great movie. It's long. Yeah. Um. All the performances are really. I mean, Judd Hirsch got nominated, and Judd Hirsch comes on and just kind of acts like a maniac for about ten minutes, and then leaves. And leaves. And I know they gave him a nomination. He's eighty five or whatever. But come on, is Paul Dano in this? Paul Dano is the dad. Yeah, I love him. His dad, Michelle Williams, is the mom. Oh, love her. I said Judd Hirsch is the crazy uncle. Yeah. Um. Seth. Rogan is his dad's best friend, okay. who is also very pivotal pivotal in uh, his support of uh, the kid's art. I like that. In a lot of ways. And there's some other stuff in there with Seth Rogen I won't ruin. Sure. But he's a big part of the family and a big part of the story as well. It's so. refreshing. Yeah. I think you see so many movies where, and I know this is kind of based on a true story, but the old cliche of like the kid wants to do it, but the parents don't understand. No, this isn't that and movie. they won't yeah. support it. And I, yeah. it's so tiresome. So it's nice to see that parents like supporting yeah, his, the kid his mother was a singer and a piano yeah. player yeah yeah and you see that a lot of that very in cool there. so he would watch her so very cool. yeah cool movie and then speaking of arts and people being artists and their struggles <laughs> we have tar oh gosh. which uh, was nominated for best picture yeah i'm gonna go first on this one Please, i know yeah. you have thoughts on tar i think we both uh, probably before the mics turned on i said in the last three days i finished tar and banshees of inishirin exactly the same uh, thing boy what a what a one two punch yeah what a one two punch two um, nights in a row. here's the thing and and you know you might even be mad at me whatever i'm sure no. people listening no you don't need to see tar Okay. That's my review of it. Really? Okay. It's not that Tar is a terrible movie. I don't believe that. First of all, I think Camp, Kate Blanchett is fantastic. Love She's her. great in almost everything. She's one of my favorite actresses to watch. Yep. And you could watch this movie and go, you know, this, the true story of Lydia Tar is so sad. Yeah. And Todd Field captured that yeah. in a feature film that really exposed, exposes all of her flaws. And then you go... Oh, Wikipedia, what is this? Oh, the whole fucking thing's made up. It's not yeah. a true story. Right. Well, what the fuck am I watching? Right. That's kind of how I felt about this. Is that so you, you had the impression at first that we were watching something um, about a real person? I think I looked it up okay. and figured out it wasn't. Yeah. But I also went like, if you're going to make up a scenario, because the movie is really about sort of power dynamics yeah. and... Uh, maybe a teachers and students and you know, she's yeah. the maestro so it's about a, a symphony cancel culture stuff in cancel there a culture bit. stuff in there and yeah it's important and i think he's i feel like he's critical of it yeah, I, I think I the tone of this movie ultimately is that you know tar was a genius mm -hmm. and that's how genius sort of has to get things done yeah. sometimes sure and you know there's all this personal stuff with you know having sex with students and, right. uh, you know, uh, sort of your, uh, you know, I guess if you're the maestro, you're considered the boss, the manager. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The musicians are not there for personal relationships with them is sort of verboten, I oh, guess, for sure. you would think. For sure. Um, and you see all those things. But it's also a thing where, and maybe because she's a lesbian, mm -hmm. They don't want to be too titillating. A lot of that stuff happens off screen. Yeah. Yes. Where you only hear about it in sort of news articles yeah. or you see like there's this thing and it was actually pretty well good filmmaking where, you know, while she's, I can't remember if it was where she was doing the, the New Yorker interview, but you just, the camera pans around, you just see the back of a head yeah. and it's red hair. Yes. And you're wondering who this person is. And yes. that does pay off. And that's good yeah. filmmaking. But yeah. this world of symphony orchestras and maestros and taking private yeah. planes, I could give a fuck. Yeah, I know. That's true. I could give a fuck about this. Yeah. And if, if, if the lesbian maestro is boning some young cellist, 
give me 10 seconds of that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm going to sit there and beat my meat to this movie. <laughs> you're That's not, not what you're I was looking to do. Not, I, I got a lot, a lot of things I can beat my meat to that ain't tar. As do I. You know, just give us something. Well, you know, because because the problem is. If we're not seeing how Tar really was bad, we do see that interaction with the student on the piano bench and all that stuff. You know that scene I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the, uh, that hall. She's tight. And, takes and him she, down, yeah. she, hey, she's tough. Yeah. You know, and that's, but it's also sort of like, you know, Whiplash kind of covered a lot of this. Yeah, that's in, what In it a felt way like. that was just a way better movie than this, uh, in my opinion. Well, you know, remember when Natalie Portman played a stripper and then, but she never stripped in the movie? <laughs> and, and it's not because we're guys, we want to see her naked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't argue against yeah. it, but but I think there, I think what you're asking for, honestly, is just some authenticity. Yeah, and it it lacked tension because we didn't. Everything was sort of hinted at and sort of in the background, and we're sort of watching. Going, oh, she's doing so well right now, and it's like, oh no, she's really not. Well, is they told instead of showed? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you yeah, know, I yeah. think a, a couple of quick things on this. One, yeah, I think Kate Blanchett is amazing. I think mm-hmm. this is one of the best performances of her career and i think and i thought about this too the reason why we didn't see a lot of this i th- i think and i'm just going to guess to get into todd field's head maybe it's because they don't want you to they want you to know maybe she did this stuff maybe she okay didn't, fair you know? enough maybe yeah i guess they, they, it's a little ambiguous sure yeah. but you know notice that it did take a very strange like psychological horror turn yeah. at a certain point yeah she, oh, i won't spoil but she's hearing these noises and yeah, then she yeah, goes yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to give that girl her teddy bear back right and there's it's, all that weird she's sort of haunted like are these people coming to get me are all of these things in my past coming into you and you could understand like if you were somebody who had all these you know like harvey weinstein or something yeah. psychologically what would be going through is that one day they're gonna get me yeah. You know, one day they're less moon vests, you know, same thing. Yeah. One day all this it's is going to catch All up. these girls are going to come out of the woodwork and, and then out I'm now. fucked. And, and that kind of happens to her in this movie. But, but I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's an interesting take. I can't, I can't as recommend well, it. Because as she's playing a woman and she's playing a woman who's a lesbian, I think because she's taking some of these different stands, like when the, the young man says he doesn't listen to Bach because he's a white cisgender yeah. male, and she's like, fuck that, yeah. you know? And I think so Todd feels going against expectations. But two real quick things about it, and then we can move on uh, without spoiling. There's two scenes at the end, which I think are brilliant. One is the, the, the massage when she's... Sure. The, you know what I'm talking about? She, they, she's, she's trying to get a massage. and Yeah, and yeah, what yeah, happens yeah, yeah, there, yeah, why, yeah. how she reacts. Yeah. And then the very, very last scene is a real gut punch because you're like... Yeah, and, and that's funny because it, wow. While while it wasn't spoiled for me, yeah, I was reading. Uh, there's a guy on on uh, here's uh, without spoiling. There's a guy on Twitter that I follow, okay, who is the editor of a video game uh, website, okay, and he goes, "My God, the last scene of oh. Tar is this amazing thing." Now, this guy, you know also writes about movies because he's just a fan of movies. Sure. So I was not tipped off in any way to what the ending was going to be. And you could sit there and go, oh, man, that sounds cool. I want to see the movie that ends that way. Like, if I spoiled it right now, there would be people that go, I need to see that movie. And I would say you could literally watch the last 90 seconds of Tar and you would get all of it. It would... Rather than spending the two plus hours watching it, just watch the last ninety seconds, and it is a cool scene. It is a gut and punch. the end, um, and also the end credit music. Yes, going along with it, I yeah. thought that was a nice touch. But yeah. it also, I don't know how we talk about that spoiling it. Did the ending sort of was it a commentary on that music that you hear at the end of the movie too? Was mm. it putting that down in a way, saying that this is low? 
It's sort of high art versus low art. I think so. And if that's the case, well, fuck you, because I disagree with that. <laughs> so fuck, fuck you all the way around, Todd yeah, Field. exactly. And the last movie you made with the lesbians and Kate Blanchett can fucking suck a dick, too. That sucked. Which one was that? Yeah, I don't even remember. It was, it was her and... Uh, it was her and... Oh, God. Who's the girl with the dragon tattoo? Uh, one of the Maras. Europe, oh, Rooney, Rooney Mara? They were lesbians, and they made some movie. And oh, Blue Jasmine? Was that? No, it wasn't Blue Jasmine. No, that was a Woody Allen movie. That's right. Um, no, but they made it. Nobody, she don't even know. Yeah. They made this movie a few years ago. That them. I think it was Todd Field. It sucked. Anyway. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> More Best Picture nominees. Yes. In fact, at this point, I haven't seen any of them. So, okay, no problem. Top Gun Maverick. Okay, oh, listen. Hell yeah. Listen, you know I love Layla. You know Layla's one of my oh, favorite people in the world. Layla's great. She refuses to see Top Gun Maverick Why? because she hates Tom Cruise. And I Why? go, look, I also hate Tom Cruise. Oh, do you? But I know that. I'd watch Top Gun Maverick. I got no beef with the movie. What's I, the know? beef with Tom Cruise? She just doesn't like him. Yeah. I don't know. She doesn't like him. What's your beef with him? He's a maniac Scientologist, for one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kind of plays the same character in every movie for two. More or less. But I've heard this is good. In fact, you told me this is good months and months ago. And yeah. I said, I'm going to watch that. I, and I, when I'd sit down for movie night with Layla, I'd say, you want to watch Top Gun? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Really? That continued up until this week. So Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> That's the only reason I didn't see it. It, it just Layla wouldn't watch it. And, you know, for like Tar and Banshees of Inishirin, I watched them late at night when no one was sure. around. And I think I was also thinking that maybe Kate Blanchett was going to win. Yeah. And I should really make sure I've seen. Plus, I heard a lot of good stuff about Tar. It just didn't pan out. But anyway, yeah. yeah, talk about Top Gun. Yeah, I mean, Top Gun, I went to see it with my uh, very patriotic flag-waving family. That's we, we've always <laughs> been very patriotic people. Uh, but but it, it was nice to see. it, And, and I mean this from both ends of the aisle it really has no agenda yeah. or purpose other than to tell an exciting mm-hmm. story and yeah it is uh, i i will say this to you know tom cruise fought hard to get this movie made and originally they were going to make with tony scott and remember what happened with him the poor guy committed suicide yeah yeah which people still don't understand yeah. he didn't have any history of mental illness right. so um, to to make sure, I mean, there's no way Tom Cruise is doing this movie with CGI planes. I mean, we had real planes, mm-hmm. Miles Teller, Tom Cruise, a really fun cast, a great story, a story that John Hamm was in it, uh, and 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 a sequel that didn't feel like it was made to have a sequel. Yeah. It justified its existence by having a really really good story, mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise connecting with Miles Teller, who plays Goose's son. Okay, yeah, you know, Goose That's played cool. by Anthony Edwards in the yeah. original. Yeah, and Miles Teller's great; he's one of my favorite actors. And so, top to bottom, a crowd pleaser. And if I'm not, am I right on this? Isn't wasn't Top Gun Maverick the top the highest grossing movie? Over the past year, that or Avatar? Uh, I think Avatar passed it, but passed Top it. Gun like set all kinds of records. And I think it was like the highest grossing movie like since the pandemic. It was and so exciting. So it was like this movie brought people back to the theater. Yeah. In a way that, because I think people chose to see, I think it applies to Avatar too. Those are things people wanted to have that big screen experience with. Oh, that you needed to. You couldn't really watch and, it on the, on right. the phone. Right. And so, you know, that's great. And, you know, I, I didn't go to the theater. I got a couple of big TVs. So when I do decide to watch it, if I do, yeah. I think I'll get something out of it. So that's yeah. cool. And no, it was uh, really cool. And I, you know, the only reason I didn't see it is, 
literally my girlfriend refused to watch it. Layla was wasn't like, having it. Okay, I get what you're saying. God bless her. All yeah. right, so Top Gun was pretty good. It didn't win. Uh, Triangle of Sadness. I don't even know that much about this movie. Didn't see it. I think the Triangle of Sadness is watching uh, Inner <laughs> Sharon and Tar, and then probably All Quiet on the all Western, Quiet Front, the Western in Front in three days. Yeah. Well, look, look. Um, I'm just going to say the name of this movie, and we okay. can move on if you want. Women talking. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's move on. Bob Phillips had a great. I, I won't spoil oh, it. But I bet. Oh, great I know. I'm sure Bob Phillips has fucking a, great. Go yeah, look it up on I'm his sure Instagram. I'm sure Bob Phillips has a joke just, about women. Just talking, a home run. We man. won't be making that uh, nope, joke on nope, this show. Nope, but nope, um, home run. But Sarah Polly uh, was a very good actress. And has made some good movies. Yeah. She won the screenplay award. Good for, for her. Good for her. Uh, but then everything, everywhere, all at once is the one that won. Yeah. And you said you didn't see it. I didn't. Uh, I, I did come in here ranting about one thing though. I'm really, <laughs> really happy to see for Ki Hu Kwan. Yeah. And I think that he, didn't he tell his story about being an immigrant? Yeah. When he his, gave a, his acceptance speech, was yeah. very much. Um, you know, he was in a, he was in a, uh, what do you call it? Like a refugee camp. His family was separated for a while. For a year. His family was separated. It talked about how he was out of the business. Yeah. Oh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, his Goonie brother will never die. You know, the, the kid oh, yeah. who played Chunk is his lawyer, I think, or oh, whatever so he does. Or he still... produced his, the movie or something. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, he's in the business. Okay. Uh, like, I think he's an entertainment lawyer more than anything. Uh, Jeff Cohen, I think Truffle, is his Truffle name. Truffle or what was yeah, Chunk. Do the chunk. Well, if you see Jeff Cohen now, he's like in good shape and he's I'm sure not he fat is. and stuff. But he's an entertainment lawyer and okay. him and, uh, you know, they're, they, they're still tight. So That's that was awesome. cool to see. Yeah, his speech was unbelievable. Uh, and this movie's very good. And here's the only reason that it was not my favorite movie of the year is after I saw it, because it's, it's a very weird... Um, it's it's a multiverse movie. Yeah, yeah. So it does feel a little Marvel-y. Yeah. You, you know, in fact, if you said this was a Marvel movie, you'd probably be okay. It's a Marvel movie. I'm so it's burned a, up. It's a weird Marvel, Marvel movie. Movies, yeah. Well, exactly. I haven't bothered seeing a Marvel movie in years and years. I don't now, blame you. Um, but it's about a family, mm -hmm. and all of those actors are fantastic. And yeah. you see, those are the ones that won. You know, yeah. Michelle Yeoh as as the mom. She's great. And uh, Ki what a um, Ki Hu Kwan. Ki Hu Kwan was the yeah. dad. And their daughter, who uh, uh, Stephanie Sue, uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She probably is the best, has the best character in the film. Yeah. And she lost to Jamie Lee Curtis, who's also in the movie. Yeah. But Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't even do a whole lot in that movie. I feel like that That's was a, a little bit of a Lifetime Achievement Award. So Stephanie Sue had kind of the coolest character in there. But it's just all this weird, you know, they'll be fighting and then their hands turn to hot dogs and... They're beating each other with dildos at one point. And, you know, it's like a family. What who, family doesn't do that? They own a laundromat. They're having a hard time paying their taxes. Okay. They go to the, I think they go to pay their taxes. Jamie Lee Curtis is the woman that works at the office. Then the whole thing turns into this whole fantasy. The office building turns into whatever they want it Something to be else, for yeah. the purposes of fight. I mean, but here's the thing about it. And that's why maybe I'm having a hard time describing it. The, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Layla watched it with me. She enjoyed it She a liked lot. it. Okay. The next day and now, three months after seeing it, I'm kind of going, what what happened again? Right. It, it definitely felt like a Marvel movie where you go, hey, I enjoyed it. I can't tell you what happened the next day. Yeah. Just I couldn't tell you what happened the next day. And I know that sounds like a bad review of it, but while I was watching it, it was super fun. I get sure. why people like it. And, you know, I think people, again, maybe voted for it because it was... Asian American and sure. all that whole thing, but you know it, it's it's a good movie. Uh, it's fun. It's unique. It's original. Um, 
you know, I think most people, I don't feel like it's too highfalutin art movie or anything, which again, Coda wasn't last year either. Right. So in a way, I'm glad that's something that was a little more of a mainstream movie, although this thing came out, I think, in the spring. Yeah. So it was one of those that sort of simmered all year and yeah. people eventually caught up to it uh, later. But um, yeah, I mean, I you know, again, I think, again... With the Fablemans, you have the greatest director who's ever lived, arguably, making the best movie he's ever made, arguably, and it doesn't win because people want to give awards to Asians this year. So the Academy doesn't look like a bunch of racist assholes. Right. And, you know, if that's fine, if you want to do that. But to me, it's its own kind of unfairness in a way, because then it's if that's the reason, then that's also disrespectful to the movie that did win. You know, the best movies don't win. I mean, look, the Goodfellas didn't win. You know, even more recently. Goodfellas also dances with wolves. Uh, okay. Yeah. Still Goodfellas a good movie, also dances but yeah. with wolves. Uh, oh, Shakespeare in Love and Saving Private Ryan was the big one. Right. Yeah. A uh, 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 Pulp Fiction lost to oh, Forrest Gump. Uh, you that's know, more of the. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, that's sort of like. Was well, it was, it, was, it was Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction losing to Forrest Gump. <laughs> Those are all. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. I I'm mean, not a huge Forrest Gump fan, but, right, I mean, but, but I, you have I respect two all time oh, classics losing to. You know, I mean, La, La La Land losing to Moonlight, even, you know, it's like. I love La La Land. La La Land's fantastic. I've it's one of the best movies ever made. Yes, I agree. Get the fuck out of here with this Moonlight bullshit. I agree with you. La La so, La you know, I mean, amazing. it is. It, it's. The Academy does not get it right. And there's tons of articles you can find about, boy, they could have voted for this this year hindsight, you know, is 2020. So I will say, hey, this is what we all thought was the best movie this year or something, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, no one's watching some of these movies, you know, no one's watching The Hurt Locker all these years later. That's a, a good point. It was another no one. No one's uh, watching that. And another thing is watching Coda either, even it's a good movie. Hurt Locker, that's a good point. Yeah. It, th- I enjoyed it when it was out, but yeah. I haven't really thought no of it one, since No one's then. watching that. What was it? Zero Dark Thirty. That didn't win. Zero did Dark, I don't think it won. I watched it once and then... I didn't think for Zero Dark Thirty was that good. It was fine. And I was excited for that because I love that story and I've read books about... Yeah. That raid, uh, they've read two different books about that raid. Crazy story. I know uh, Osama bin Laden is one of the most important stories of our lifetime. Yes. And they made a movie about it that kind of wasn't that great. It was kind of just there. It was all right. All right, let's go on to some of these other awards. Everything all at once. The two, the Daniels, as they were called uh, throughout the ceremony one. Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Scheinert. Martin McDonough was nominated and lost for Banshees of Inishirin. Spielberg uh, for The Fablemans lost Todd Field for Tar. And a guy named Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. You know, it's kind of a lot of what we talked about with Best Picture. I mean, people were saying that... um, uh, you know, James Cameron didn't show up at the ceremony because he wasn't nominated for Best Director. Sounds on, I on don't brand. Know if that's true. <laughs> and, and, you know, and other people, I think somebody uh, either on the red carpet or at the ceremony itself says, you know, Boz Lerman really needed to be nominated for Elvis. And it's like, yeah, he was great, too. But mm-hmm. you only nominate five. There's you're picking s- ten movies. Yeah, right. Exactly. You that's know, a good point. Go. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know you got a list and I don't know. I think it's probably in a different order than mine. But, yeah. Uh, for adapted screenplay, Women Talking One. I think that's based on a book or a play, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick. And and when it's a sequel like this, it's really just, they call it adapted from the original movie. Oh, I didn't know that. That's how that goes. Yeah, if it's a sequel, it has to be considered adapted because the characters existed already. Oh, okay, um, that makes so sense. So that's, that's why Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, 
is nominated for adapted screenplay because there's because the character existed in the original movie Uh, living, which is adapted from a Kurosawa movie, which I didn't see living. And I don't think I saw the Kurosawa movie it's based on. And then all quiet on the Western front, but women talking one, everything everywhere all at once. One best original screenplay over Banshees of Inishirin, Fableman, Tar and Triangle of Sadness for best actor. Didn't see this one. Brendan Fraser won for the whale. I think everybody's happy for Brendan Fraser. Yeah. He's a very likable guy. I did not see the whale. Did, neither did I. I had, I've heard it was very grim and kind of hard to watch. Bleak. And yeah. I like uh, that director. What's that director's name? Oh, good call. No, he he made a bunch of cool movies. <laughs> no, he did. You look that up real quick. I'm old. I can't remember anybody's fucking and name anymore. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy a few seconds on that. Uh, when I first we'll saw, talk about the other best actors if you want. Austin Butler, Colin Farrell. Yeah, I would say that, uh, as I mentioned before, I think Colin Farrell's really developing into uh, something different than we all expected, and I think it's something much better than he would have been mm-hmm. otherwise. Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, uh, I think people remember him from the Mummy movies, but he's been doing really good, solid roles his entire career. Yeah. He had a very... He's been telling the story for the past few years about some type of uh, sexual abuse, I think, that oh, okay. happened yeah, to him. And, you know, that's kind of the thing you know people are open about talking about lately. Yeah. And he disappeared off the face of the earth and now he's back. And I think what you're going to see, actually, Brendan Fraser played the villain in the canceled Batgirl movie. Did you oh, know okay. that? Okay, no, I didn't he know that. a villain called I, Firefly. And I just, saw him in something. I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a television or a streaming thing recently. Yeah. And he gained a bunch of weight. Yeah, so I don't he know has. if he was doing... He was actually thinner last night at the ceremony than was I remember he? him seeing recently. But I wonder if he was he had just done that movie or was going into The Whale, even though The Whale was prosthetics or it was actually digital prosthetics. I think he I just, think. Was it? I think he yeah, just gained a lot of weight. Yeah, I think he so just, did, as people tend now, to yeah. do, yeah, it's not... Um, and then Paul Mescal uh, was in the movie After Sun, which I did not see, but he's a good actor. He made a TV series called Normal People. Normal. It was about a, ro- a, a romance in... Uh, Ireland that takes place over years. It's on Hulu. Okay. And me and my girlfriend watched that during the pandemic and it was really good. So he's a good actor. I didn't see the movie. And again, I didn't see Bill Nye in living. Um, and yeah, that, uh, the whale was directed by Darren Aronofsky. Who oh made, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, who yeah. made Requiem for a dream. The yes. wrestler is he's fantastic. All kinds of great the movie pie is fantastic. Didn't he do the uh, biblical movie too with yeah. Russell Crowe? Yeah. 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 What yeah. was it? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I got to look up Darren Aronofsky now. Hold on yeah. a second. He was uh, contracted to do a Batman movie before Christopher Nolan did. Yeah, he's one of those guys that uh, uh, kind of didn't. I think people thought he was the next Kubrick, you know, kind of guys. People get known for yeah, that. He made, he made a movie called The Fountain. The Fountain with that, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that kind of uh, flopped. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, he's still talented. He's still. made some great stuff. What was the movie he did with the... Um the Wrestler. What was after The Wrestler? It was called The Wrestler. Uh, director. Let me see. Oh, that one with Mickey He's Rip. credited as the director on... See, I have all these other movies, but he didn't... He didn't... Noah? Did he direct that? Noah, yes. With okay, Russell he directed Crow. Noah. Yeah. That's what um, I was looking for. And all these... Yeah, see, it's hard to figure out which movies he... Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Supporting actor, Kei Kwan, we talked much about him. I would have given, again, I would have given best actor to, to, to Austin Butler. For supporting actor, I like Brendan Gleeson in Banshees of Inishirin. I, I thought that was great. I did see the movie Causeway with Jennifer Lawrence. It's on Apple TV, and this guy, Brian Tyree Henry, did a nice job. The movie's 
movie's pretty skippable. It's okay. it's fine, but it's okay. not a whole lot happens. It's kind of a character study. It's kind of two people talking. Yeah, she's back from the war, and he lost his leg in a car accident. And they she's, a, she's, a she's, like, she's a veteran. She's a veteran. She has PTSD. Okay. Uh, best actress, Michelle Yeoh won for everything, everywhere, all at once. This is the one where I actually agreed with who won. Michelle Yeoh. Because for me, the other actresses, Michelle Williams is good in the Fablemans. Um, you know, I could have given it to Kate Blanchett and Tar. I would have been fine with that because she is good, even though I didn't like the movie. I didn't see Blonde with Anna Diarmas. Um, she played... Marilyn I, I, Monroe. Yeah, I know, but I didn't see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Andrea Riseborough and Two Leslie, I did not see. And then we got uh, next category. Supporting actress. I sort of already tipped my hat on that one a little bit with yeah. Stephanie Sue, who played the daughter in yes. uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once was very good. And Jamie Lee won it over her, right? And Jamie Lee won over her. And again, she's in it for five freaking minutes. How dare she? I, I said maybe, maybe more than five minutes, but she's not like, it's not a major role. Carrie Condon, again, she's not in Banshees of Inishir and all that. She's the sister of Colin Farrell, who goes away. Oh, I loved her. Yeah, she was good, but she's not in it that much. She, I, mean, I think, like, is in a way the heartbeat of that movie. Yeah. What, I, she's a kind-hearted... Yeah, oh, absolutely. Is, is Colin Farrell... Oh, okay, I don't want to spoil... Is he like... He's just supposed to be like kind of a simple guy. There's kind of a simpleton. Wrong with him, right? I, uh, you know, in 1923, that they weren't diagnosing people as with whatever. But right. I mean, yeah, he was smart enough to tend to those cows and, and whatever. And his so, donkey and everything. And his donkey. Yeah. Um, Hong Chow in the whale. I, I don't. Yeah, you didn't see. Him. And Angela Bassett in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. It's interesting. I don't know that that Black Panther sequel. I think without having uh, uh, oh, what's Chadwick. his name Chadwick Boseman, I feel like that movie a lot of people just gave up on it, I or, or just weren't that excited for it, and it didn't do all that much. My, my uh, real quick, Marvel fatigue too. Marvel fatigue. I didn't see it. I have a friend who's a super hardcore mm-hmm. Marvel fan that said he didn't like it at all. Nah. If you notice too, doesn't it seem like they're just from trailers? That's the CGI quality is declining yeah. significantly. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And I saw the trailers for Wakanda Forever, and I thought, "What? This looks so yeah, bad." Yeah, it's know? they're doing so much, yeah, so quickly, yeah, that you can't make you know the photorealism. I always find like a lot of the you know, times, especially like in Marvel, it's just like the physics don't feel real. Yes, like these characters have no weight; they yeah. just kind of zip they and zip. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's a good and, point. And, you know, I mean, and in a way, you can go, "Well, look, it's comic books." Yeah. If you read a comic book, it's not photorealistic, right? It's exaggerated, so maybe the movie should be. That's but, what I try to tell. But myself, I also yeah. feel like Marvel has tried to be realistic. Exactly, in that's the, past, the problem. And, that's the problem. You, know, you can't have it both ways. So much so. Um, animated feature, uh, the Pinocchio that uh, Guillermo del Toro is, is the one that won. That's on Netflix. I've heard it's cool, but you know, Pinocchio. I, I never really cared for the story of Pinocchio. And then my girlfriend went like, yeah, it's scary. And I go, well, apparently this Del Toro one is supposed to be real scary. Well, so. he's, yeah, he's got a great yeah. mind for scary yeah, and stuff. It's, and remember, it's stop motion. Remember Pan's Labyrinth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Del Toro's like, terrific. I'm yeah. a fan of his. Me too. Um, So maybe I should watch that. I don't know. Uh, apparently, so, you know, they did do a Pinocchio Disney did one last year. Which I heard was. Which was I heard was like the worst. Brutal. But it's like they did the. The animated Pinocchio as like a 3D thing, and he's interacting with real people. 
and I heard it's just terrible. Oh, that <laughs> sucks. Heard. Yeah, it's like because you know how they're doing like like even on the Oscars they showed the live action Little Mermaid trailer. Sure. And you know they did live action Lion King that nobody really cared about. Yeah. Um, they, they're not hitting with those taking the animated movies and making them live action. What's well, funny when you say live action, but it's still CGI. It's still CG, so but it's, it's not. Yeah. It's real people in real settings yeah. and all that stuff. And the Lion King is so perfect, like yeah. it doesn't well, need it, you know. But I think the audience kind of voted with their wallets in a way. And I guess. Said, uh, the Jungle Book was good. Yeah, that one yeah, was good. Yeah, I remember good. seeing the Jungle John Book. John Favreau directed good. that, didn't he? And John Favreau directed Lion King too, bro. The, oh, the, he did? Yeah, yeah. Did he really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Come on, John. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what do you want, man? Exactly. He's making Mandalorian. What do you want from him? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then these other ones, I didn't see any of these. I, I almost never see the animated movies, so... I don't. I can't have, yeah, I don't really. Uh, do we need to go through the rest of these? All quiet on the Western Front for cinematography. Sounds right, right? Yeah, I mean, you know. But I mean, Banshees of Inisherin isn't even uh, nominated. We'll see that, and that's an amazing looking. That movie. first shot of Colin Farrell walking yes. to his friend's house. Oh. I was like, I'm in. I don't yeah, care what this movie's great, about. I'm greatest. watching yeah, this. I yeah. Agree. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever did win for costume design. That, yeah, I could see that. There's some cool stuff. Here's how you know I've slipped. I saw none of the documentary features. That's what I was wondering. And I tried I know to how see all of them, them and yeah. God damn it, I didn't see any. The one that won is called Navalny, and it's about Navalny, who is, I guess, a spy or something okay. in Russia. Wow. Um, he's actually doing time in like Siberia right now. Oh, really? And so his family was at the award, you know, accepting the award on his behalf saying, you know, free Navalny. Well, he's, uh, you know, he's pro Ukraine. Okay. And so, uh, you know, it was a little, yeah, his political prisoner. He's been waiting a while. And, uh, but I guess that documentary is really good. I didn't see the other ones. I do know that, uh, I know like Navalny was on HBO max. Fire of Love is on Disney. All that breathes is on HBO max. So that's always one that they bury. You know, yeah. those movies, you, sometimes you never see the doc. And, yeah. and in past, I've been like, I would have seen this documentary, but I you don't really know where it is. You really got to dig to find it, yeah. You got to dig to find it. Uh, the Shorts, Who Cares? Everything Everywhere All at Once, one for film editing. Okay. Uh, production design was all quiet on the Western Front. If you watch the show, the RRR song, you know, they, they perform all the songs. Yeah. On the show. Uh, yeah. If you didn't watch it, Natu Natu from RRR, which is an Indian epic action movie. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. it's on Netflix. It's like three hours. Oh, shit. But people Seriously. say it's insane. Okay. Like, it's all kind of crazy CGI elephants running around mm, and stuff. I'll do it. It's, it's supposed to be fun, but they had this song, and the live performance on the Oscar show was really good. Okay. Like, it was it was as Indian as fuck. As it was India. like Indian as an MF, it man. It was as, crazy. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, you know, Indian stuff goes over the top. It's fun. 500 crazy. people dancing. Yeah, yeah. Crazy outfits. Yeah, that I was good. That. The whale one from makeup and hairstyling. Do-do-do-do. International feature was all quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Top Gun won for best sound. Okay, there's that. Oh, for sure. And Avatar won for best visual effects. And how could it not? The whole movie's a visual effect. Yep, exactly. The whole movie. Uh, um, what else you got that was good this year, Jason? Yeah. You got anything so else to, to nail, recommend? Yeah, there's two yeah, other movies do. I wanted to mention. The first one would be Jordan Peele's Nope. I saw Nope. What did you think? Um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay. Um... You know, and again, he's a guy that people are like, that's kind of slipping. What the fuck? You mean? Uh, but not everything's going to be Get Out because Get Out came at a certain time. It yeah. had that, you know, kind of that political uh-huh. overtones, a social commentary that that movie was making. He can't make movies that are going to have that much of that in it. 
as a piece of work, as a piece of film, it's fantastic. Yeah. It looks great. I think he shot it on IMAX for the yeah. most part, or at least a lot of the big scenes. You know, I think as a sci-fi movie, I don't think it had a really great payoff. Right. But yeah. it's cool. I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I think it was... I'm not sad that it didn't get nominated, because, you know... Yeah, I don't I mean, think, didn't yeah, think it would, yeah, but it, it was upset. sometimes terrifying. I thought it had a really original premise and yeah, maybe the payoff wasn't what you thought yeah. it would be. I think Jordan Peele's best movie is his second movie. Was that uh, was it called Us? Us, yeah. That that was that was a real horror movie. Blew my mind. Yeah, that was a real kind of scary movie. With the Hands Across and, America stuff. Yeah, and all it was. That. It was. I uh, very original. Us was good. I mean, look, he's got a body of work now. Yeah. I mean, and you can count Key and Peele if you want in there. Sure. To know that this dude's really talented. Absolutely. I'm excited for what he's going to do, but. I know, like, I know even when that movie came out, there were people that were, you know, really huge fans that went to the theater for Nope and were like, what D- the fuck, disappointed, man? Yeah. What's this guy doing? He's not making it. Blah, blah, blah. Because everybody wants that thing. The foot, right. And you're not making that thing. I mean, look, Tarantino has gone through the same thing, right? It's because you made Pulp Fiction. Everyone wants another Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And he's never been able to make Another Pulp Fiction. He's made movies that people have liked and movies yeah. that have won people's awards, but a lot of people go, yeah, it's not as good as the same thing with the stuff he was doing with uh, with rock bands. You know, yeah, like, sure. Why aren't you making uh, yeah. you know or comedians? So, yeah, right. Yeah, what you wise Chris Rock? Your maybe you're going through that right now. Sure, right. Um, Which I didn't watch the Chris Rock special. I but. didn't see it yet either. But, I saw him in saw him live when he was here in September. Okay. So because I, I wondered if you watched that, how much of that was what he was doing then? Uh, from what I understand, I. And what I read, there were a few of the jokes he had done. Okay, yeah, I but, would I would imagine that's usually how that works. But he he didn't do that much on the Will Smith thing. But yeah. I guess in the special, he unloads a little bit, which well, good for him. Yeah, I've heard that, and I've sort of heard those jokes at least quoted, and they're okay. But I know that you know he did this thing live on Netflix, which yeah. is sort of a first for Netflix. He apparently, and I wish I had the example. I'm not going to bother looking it up. You can look it up. There's a he botched one of the lines. Oh, up. Shit. oh it was he was referring to a Will Smith movie. And he said it's not emancipation, but he he listed the he said the wrong movie. So the and, one that he made reference about him getting whipped, I yeah, think was emancipation. yeah, emancipation. Right. But he called it something else, and then oh shit, they really? go. I think he was talking about concussion, and oh. he said emancipation. And he goes, he goes, this guy was in emancipation, and then he tried to give me one. What he should have said is, this guy yeah. was in a movie called Concussion, then he tried to give me oh, one. I think yeah, that, that was the line. Sense at all. But he yeah. said the wrong line. Ah, but I guess live, he then just did the joke again and got the movie name right. Okay. Well, now if you watch the replay on Netflix, it's it's out. They edited out the mistake. Oh, good. Which is why sucks. you tape fucking comedy specials, Netflix, right. you dumb fucks. Right. Idiots. Because things happen. But they want it live. They wanted to make a fucking big spectacle out of yeah. what was Chris Rock going to say about Will Smith? Ooh, a year what later. Say? It's like he's, first of all, he's been saying stuff. It's not like he but, hasn't said anything. Like, oh, he's been silent for I a mean, year. It's like, but, but then what he said ultimately was disappointing to people because the jokes weren't that great. And, you know, the jokes, it's not almost, a, you know, I think to me, it's not even a laughing matter. It's kind of like, eh. Will Smith is a fucking dick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to laugh at that, but no, that's true. I so agree. do you want to put me on live Netflix? I'll do it. Yeah, I'm team. Joel Fragamani live on Netflix. Yeah, Will Smith, you can go fucking suck my dick, you yeah. asshole. Chris, I'm team Chris all the way. Yeah, but I mean, that's not funny. Right. But what Chris is going to say has to be really funny. And what Chris said was 
kind of lame. So you know, because I, I don't think know, what he could happy. say could po- could possibly equal. No, it, it, the, it's not going to live up to what people no. think Chris Rock is going to do. The other thing I wanted to say is, um, I would say my best movie of the year oh, okay. was The Batman. Oh uh, God, I want to see that. Matt Reeves. Yeah, I won't okay. spoil a single word. I will tell you this that. I think we finally got a bet. It's a little bit of Nolan, a little bit of Burton. Yeah. Uh, Rob Pattinson's fantastic. Yeah. But I think we finally got what I've always wanted. It was like a noirish detective mm. sort of like big city crime. With yeah. You know, like the old noir movies would have like a voiceover. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit of that. Okay. He, he's solving a crime. You've got this, uh, you've got the Riddler. You've got this, you know, Catwoman. Yeah. And uh, it feels a little, a little uh, derivative because you know, like there's like some Nolan kind of grounded stuff. Yeah. But fuck, it's a good movie. All man. right, it's you know three what? hours okay. and it's a well. That's beast. another one that my girlfriend is like, nah. Oh, and it's why a, not? She's not like Robert Pattinson. I'm like, he's like good and stuff. He's very good and she stuff. She was why I didn't like Twilight, and I go, well, he's been doing other movies since Twilight, he's and they're been good. Trying to distance himself. Yeah, from and he's that good for, in he's those great, movies. He's a great actor. I don't know. I she's, think. I think what's really interesting. She's on her own trip. Yeah, that's fine. I think what's really interesting in this movie you'll see too is, whereas previous Batman's kind of play into like the 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 Bruce Wayne playboy thing, mm-hmm. in this one he plays more into I'm Batman than he is I'm Bruce Wayne. Like he just wants to kind of be Batman. Yeah, and he's kind of got this struggle okay. uh, with Alfred trying to kind of pull him out of the closet in a way to yeah. be Bruce Wayne to represent the family. Um, yeah, that was uh, that uh, I was one that I wanted to see, and I probably should see it. That would be on, my number one. I think it debuted on HBO Max. It's been on there yeah, forever. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, I saw a movie, again, this got no awards, but uh, B.J. Novak from The Office. Oh, I know this movie. I didn't see he it. He made a movie yeah. called Vengeance. Yeah, how and is it's it? it's good. Is it? Yeah, it's good. He's a podcaster. Okay. And he decides, uh, like some girl that he knew in New York City was murdered in Texas or she disappeared in Texas disappeared. under weird circumstances. So he, the city slicker uh-huh. has to go to Texas to try to figure out what happened. There's that trope. And yeah. um, so it's sort of that fish out of water out detective of water. Yeah. story, Very you know, cool. podcaster as detective. This is like a couple dark, things have done now. Dark comedy. Uh, there's humorous elements in it, but it's, it's um, more of a drama. Yeah. It's, it's a real mystery and okay. it's a thriller and it's good. Okay, and I believe is this this is the movie that John Mayer is in. John Mayer, and the so you when you see uh, B J Novak in New York, he's hanging out at a party with John Mayer. Okay, so you can see John Mayer do some. Acting. There you go. I like <laughs> B J like Novak. That. Yeah, now so he, that was a good movie. B J Novak was a stand up, isn't he? He used to be, I used think, be. and I, I mean, I think he's. Dabbled I think he it. kind of did it, you know, until he didn't need to do it anymore, right? Um, I don't think he tours or anything, but yeah, yeah I mean, he was uh, he was hired as a writer. And a performer for The Office. But I yeah. think primarily hired as a writer. Yeah. You know, and Mindy Kaling was hired in the same way. She was primarily hired as a writer. Did she ever do stand-up? To be on that show. She, you know, she had a sketch show. That's what I thought. Her thing that she did that made her famous, because I know I read her books and stuff. Uh-huh. And I followed her career pretty closely. At least I used to. Maybe not so much now. But, uh, yeah. but back then, yeah, she was doing uh, the Ben and Matt like a, like an off-Broadway comedy, Ben and Matt. So I forget if she was Ben Affleck or Matt Damon. Oh, But her and her girlfriend were being, you know, it was like, what is the real relationship between Ben and Matt? <sighs> okay. And that was those two ladies acting out what they thought Ben and Matt were like offstage. Right. And it was funny. I mean, okay. you know, they were, look, Ben and Matt were... You know the biggest stars in the yeah. world for a while for there. A little while there, yeah. And so this show 
you know, through New York's, you know, off, off Broadway. And eventually I think they did like the New York Comedy Festival. Mm -hmm. Somebody saw it and then they hired her to do The Office. Sure. Based upon that show. Sure. Because it was, you know, satire. And yeah, it was fun. people love satire. And so that's what she was kind of known for. So. Yeah. I mean, so she wrote it and acted in it and the whole thing. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. And then, smart you know, girl. Yeah, yeah, smart so. lady. Yeah. Uh, what else did we see this year that was good? Um, I was going to bring up Nope. Um, I, don't, I think I saw it in 23, but uh, a Confess Fletch was pretty good. Yeah, I did was wondering about that. that. No, but I was all about John, John Hamm as Fletch, and I don't think anybody saw this fucking thing. I don't think thing. so either. And again, I didn't see it at the theater, and I when I looked it up, it said it came out in the fall of 22, and I maybe only saw it like when it was on streaming or whatever. Yeah, but I've seen it Confess around. Fletch, I, I enjoyed. Okay. That's a fun one. But you know, here's the thing. Those Fletch movies... You know, it's kind of that thing like that would be a streaming show now. Yeah. Definitely. You know, to do a two hour feature yeah. with that, it's like, well, why not just do 10 episodes? Make a series or something, of it. Make a series out of it. And but John Hamm was very good as Fletch. It was it was a fun I love movie. John Hamm. Um, and otherwise, you know, I saw no Marvel movies. No, good. You're smart. I saw trying to think what else I even saw. I don't know. I thought it was. And again, was it a weak year for movies? I, was I don't say, know I think, if it was a weak year, but. I don't think that, well, first of all, this year could have been weak or had less things in it because of the pandemic, meaning these are the movies that would have been being made in 2020 and 2021 that came out in 2022. So, for example, uh, Elvis, if you remember when people found out that Tom Hanks, he was in Australia and he got COVID and that was the big kind of thing, the off, world, yeah. world, the worldwide thing. He was there to shoot Elvis. That's right. And that's when that happened. And, and I, I heard an interview with Austin Butler where he said, you know, he was hanging out with Tom Hanks one day. And literally the next day, Tom Hanks was in the hospital, uh, you know, be in this like COVID ward. And he said, and then they had to send me away for 15 days. Oh, wow. To just not be around anybody because they thought Austin would have had COVID as sure, well. But he, he didn't. didn't. Yeah. And then that movie ended up getting pushed back because, you know, all that whole thing. I remember and, that. But yeah, probably all of those movies have been made with some sort of COVID restriction and, and, uh, you know, everyone wearing masks between shots and that yeah. whole thing. So remember that? you could Everybody's see why like, there'd be less movies. Tom Hanks has I know. Like, shit. <laughs> this is real now. This is real. Now it's real. Now it's a party. But now you get COVID and I'm like, oh, you got COVID. You All right. COVID. See, see, you, see you next week. You yeah, know, exactly. I mean, it's not really days. a big deal. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anything else on the movies or you think we'll get into TV stuff here. And oh, yeah. I would tell you this. Speaking of COVID, and I don't know that it's COVID, but I had a, an experience recently. Um. Very excited that Bruce Springsteen was going back on tour. Yes. With the E Street Band. Yes. After six and a half years of not being on the road. Yeah. The current tour being pushed back two years. Wow. Because of COVID. How old is Bruce now? Bruce is 73, I really? think, this year. Anyway, so buy a ticket. Uh huh. You know, and then he did the thing where the tickets went on sale and they were $5,000. Everyone freaked out. No one could go, blah, blah, blah. This week, Monday. So a week ago today, as we're recording this, I see, well, Bruce is in Columbus, Ohio on Thursday. I, I should go to that. Three and a half hours. I check the weather. The weather is good. Look for a ticket. I go, okay, this ticket's behind the stage, but I've sat behind stage. It's great. Yeah. It's 200 bucks. Let's yeah. go. Buy my ticket. Buy your, you going by yourself? Going by myself. Because okay. I'll, I'll bring people, but if it's a thing like Columbus, I'm not looking for anyone to 
come because I know it's a pain in the ass. You going down, you stay in the night? No, but for Columbus, I go down and come back. Okay. If the weather's good. And the weather was supposed to be good. Okay. And also, if I'm going to stand for Bruce, like they do like the pit thing where you just yeah. stand the whole time, I generally will stay the night because I'm going to be too tired after that. Yeah, for sure. But if I have a seat, I'm just sitting until he comes out and then I'll stand. And yeah. So I won't be as tired. But anyway, here's the thing. Thursday, I drive down, leave about 1.30, 2 o'clock, stop for dinner around 5, open up my phone. The Bruce Springsteen canceled, scheduled for Nationwide Arena in Columbus, has been postponed. Oh, shit. I'm 20 miles from the venue. Oh, shit. Motherfucker. Why? So I eat my dinner and go, it's because of illness. Okay, That's the illness. saddest dinner ever right I know. there. So, well, it's, it's Bob Evans in Columbus, Ohio, it's for already, one. It's already sad. And it's, it's already sad, <laughs> and it's me eating biscuits by myself. Oh, shit. Uh, so then I go, you know, whatever, all right, I go home. Hey, whatever, Bruce is coming to Detroit in a couple weeks. Then I hear Saturday, uh, his Sunday show, the next show that he's scheduled to do, uh, Connecticut, postponed. Albany, New York, scheduled for this week, postponed. Okay, this is... Nobody really knows what's happening with Bruce right now, so it's kind of scary. Really? Yeah, but it affected me because I got fucked. (laughs) You got fucked. So to this moment, we still don't know? Still don't know. Here's the rumors. Okay. I love rumors. Bruce has COVID. Okay. Now, a couple of the members of the band have gotten COVID. Yeah. They've done the show anyway. Meaning, so when when Nils Lofgren got COVID, Bruce and Stevie Van Zandt can handle the guitar parts. Mm -hmm. So Nils gets the night off. No big deal. Right. The sax player, Jake Clemens, got COVID. Well, they got this other sax player from Jersey who's played with Bruce in the past. Eddie Mannion. Eddie comes in, does a couple shows. No big deal. You know, some of the backup singers get COVID. Well, they got a bunch of backup singers. Yeah, they rotate them. Rotate them out. Uh, the, the Susie, who plays the fiddle and does backing vocals, she got COVID. Well, we just don't play the song with the fiddle that night. No big deal. <laughs> right. So they've been able to do it. The rumor is, well, if Bruce saying. gets COVID, Bruce can't do it. Right. Max Weinberg is the drummer. If Max gets COVID... Can they get another drummer to do that? Right. You know, I mean, Max's son did do some shows for Max while he was on The Tonight Show with Conan. Right. That was years ago, and I think Max's son is in Slipknot now, so it's like (laughs) you'd have to get the Slipknot guy to do Bruce's show, but yeah, it's Max's son, so maybe you could do it. Uh, The piano player, Roy Bitten, kind of irreplaceable to the sound of the E Street Band is that piano. He's been with Bruce since 1975. I don't think he's ever missed a show. Wow. I don't know if he's so it could be him. So, you know, what I mean, you don't know. Yeah. And nobody knows. The other story is that maybe Bruce's mother is a Bruce's mother is in her 90s. I would have, yeah, I was going to say. Geez. And she she has dementia. Uh, and, you know, so if she was ill or yeah. in her last days, you can understand him wanting to be with her. But no one's saying anything. And it's pissing everybody off because, you know, for Bruce, people are like flying in from overseas to course. go to some of these shows. Of course, yeah. And, you know, I drove from Columbus and, yeah, I got fucked out of. You know, I got fucked out of, you know, a couple gallons of gas and stuff, but... Did you get a refund on the ticket? Uh, well, they're going to reschedule it, and your ticket will be good yeah. for that if you want it to be. Yeah. If you want a refund, they'll give you one, yeah. but I haven't asked for one yet. When so. is the Detroit show? March 29th, so in a few What's weeks. coming up? Yeah. And I'm planning to go if it happens. Yeah, absolutely. It'll happen. <laughs> but I don't have a ticket. I kind of yeah. did that one again, but that's yeah. all right. Yeah, I got to buy all these tickets, by the way. If you're yeah. listening to me... First of all, if you're listening to me... And the tickets go on sale if it's Taylor Swift or somebody and you get excited, go ahead and buy your tickets because right. here's why. Because guys like me who are smart will wait till the week of the show to buy the tickets. Right, exactly. Not all these 
Trumps that are going out and spending thousands of dollars yeah, no way. because they think they can't get in. Yeah, you're going to get in. There's going to be plenty of tickets. Yeah. They're going to drop tickets. There's going to be resale tickets. There's going to be people. You go to the concert and you hold up a sign and say, I need a ticket. And someone yeah. will sell you one for 20 bucks. I've sold You're going to be way. fine. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be fine. You'll, You'll get, get in the show. Yeah. You know what they do at the Grateful Dead if you need a ticket? You know what that is? I don't even... You hold up a sign and you go, I need a miracle. Your sign says, I, that's what it's called in Deadland. Okay. If you need a ticket, you go, I need a miracle. And then somebody comes over. I and got you- a miracle for you. Yeah. And you, no, you, know, and you, cool. you give them a joint and they give you a grateful. Hell yeah. I think that's how that sounds works. like a fair trade. Anyway. So hopefully Bruce is good. I'm going to put a little good, good karma, good Absolutely. juju out into the world. And, Absolutely. And I was disappointed that, you know, I haven't seen Bruce. I saw his Broadway show, but that was 17. Okay. But I haven't seen Bruce in the E Street Band since, uh, the fall of 2016. It's always great to see your favorites. Yeah. Man. So, it, it and, you know, old. especially with everybody dying, you know. Yeah, I'm, guys. Not, I'm not a big fan of that. You know? Yeah, but everyone's, you know, the classic rock guys are getting old. They ain't going to be with us long. And Crosby you know, just died. Uh, yeah, David Crosby just died. Uh, and, you know, I went to the last Stones tour because... I, who knows when the Stones will be back? You know, and Charlie Watts had just died. Are they? Is is so, Mick in his eighties now? In I think Mick age. might be eighties. Yeah. He's seventy eight, seventy nine, or something like that. Yeah. You know, but I think Bob Dylan's in his eighties at this point. He's touring. He's touring. He's touring right now. I saw Bob Dylan in the in. I saw Bob Dylan in eighty nine. Did you really? Yeah. He's still man, young man. and spry back then. <laughs> Shit, man. He was. I remember at the time it was like Bob Dylan is so old. Right, and, and he like was probably like 35 yeah, or something. 38. 38. I think I saw McCartney, and he might have been 40. Shit. He might No, this was 89 or 90 at the Palace of Auburn. It was the first time I saw Paul McCartney. And it's that like, was the time to see those It might have been, and they were like, I don't know if he can still do it. He's getting up there. I know, isn't that weird? He's getting it's up like there. It's like 35 years later. Like, Wait a minute. That's still. crazy. Well, also the thing with McCartney is he did not, after John Lennon got shot, he didn't tour. Right. You know, he didn't tour uh, till 89. Right. Because he was, he, he sort of, he was, he had a very weird relationship with Beatles fans for most right. of the 80s. Yeah. I wonder Even why. though he did lots of records and stuff, he was not doing uh, a lot of live shows. So yeah. he, uh, he eventually, he came back in 89 and hasn't gone away. He's which always is, out which there, is which great. is great. Yeah. And I went to his last show in Detroit. Did so. you? How long ago was that? It was Comerica, uh, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Comerica. It was the, it was. Yeah, like the second or third week that Little Caesars Arena was open. Oh, okay. I went to He might to be see. due to come back soon. He probably is due to come back. Yeah. I know he's he's doing dates this year, but nice. um, All right, what do we got uh anything movie-wise? No, let's talk about TV then, right? Sure. Yeah, we had a couple Real things. Real quick, we'll wrap this up. Uh Jason TV shows, what are you watching? Give people some suggestions. Well, I was I was really, and, I, and I'm not the only person to say this. We watched Wednesday on Netflix. You okay, Wednesday, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. All uh, right, but I think as far as things that I'm really really excited, looking forward to, it would be season two of Yellow Jackets. That, that's this month. Yeah, that is this, is that Showtime or HBO? That's Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, that's Showtime. If you guys don't know, and I won't spoil anything, but if you take like Lost, Lord of the Flies, and the Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. and mix it together with uh, a group of high school soccer players, young women in the '90s. If that sounds appealing to you, it's dark, it's graphic, it's creepy, it takes bizarre turns. I've seen it. It's a good show. You said you had one gripe. Well, here's what I was... I think we should tell people that it takes place in sort of two different timelines. You see the girls in high school, and it's all these young actresses right. that most of them would be unknown to you. Right. Then you see them in their 40s, right. and it's all like these 90s actresses. Christina Ricci. That's true. Juliette Lewis. They are kind of known. Who else is on there? There's a lot of people people will know on uh, there. 
I know um, the young lady from um, Six Feet Under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to be on there this season? But yeah, I don't know off the top of my. But head. it's kind of like this show where it's, um, you know, you sort of see all these old actresses, not old, but you know what I mean, like people you watched as teenagers acting. Well, Melanie Linsky. Oh yeah, is yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the uh, the older. Yeah, she's uh, great. They said Juliette Lewis is in there. Uh, it's 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 a good. It's a fun group of actors um doing it for sure um and but but the thing about the the show and one of the things that made it so good but also disappointing is in the first episode you and i'm trying not to spoil it mm. but it is the first episode so sure. i guess i can give a little bit of spoil, yeah 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 is you see that because they're trapped right after this plane crash right that in in a sort of Lord of the Flies way, yes, or something like alive, Al- yeah, that they have to resort to extreme measures to stay alive. Extremely extreme, and you you see that teased in the first episode, yeah, and you wait all season to see this paid off, yeah, and the season ends without that ever paying off. Yeah, you never they never go yes. back to that. No, so in a way, I felt like. Yellow Jackets is a thing that probably should have been like a one season show. Sure. And I don't know if halfway through they went like, oh, this will be really cool. Let's make two seasons. Everyone's going to love this. Rather than trying to resolve the story in one season, they've now stretched it. Yeah. Which may make the second season. Because if you're going to have to wait two seasons to get the answers that the very first episode of season one asks. Yeah. To me, I think that's kind of a kind of lame. I think that might even, depending on how many seasons they go, I think you may not see <laughs> yeah. any any of that until the very end, which is well, crazy. Well, that, that's too long, and that is what Lost's kind of suffered from, right? Fatigue, A little yeah, bit, by and the by end. the time you get to the end, it didn't really pay off, and I'm not. I'm trying to think of other shows that sort of did that, but... Lost, I think, would be the best example, because yeah, they also never, did the two timelines. Yeah, I didn't really watch Lost, but, I'm, you know, but any show that sort of does that, to me... There was a show called The Killing, which was uh, oh yeah, it was on AMC. Yeah. And it was about the murder of a young girl, and I think midway through the show, yeah. they decided they want season two, so they were going to resolve it in one season, and then they added season two and season. So the mystery that you see in the beginning of season one isn't resolved till the end of season two, and it's kind of like yeah, you fuckers could have resolved that. Then they did two more seasons, yeah, which which were different mysteries, right? But for that um, that first mystery yeah. was one was two seasons. was two seasons, and it. Should have been one season. It didn't have. They didn't have enough plot for. No, people. they didn't. But anyway, so yeah, Yellow Jackets is back. I'll be watching it. I hopefully it's good. But yeah. I don't know. Um, my uh, favorite show, and it ended last night, and I didn't see it yet. Okay. So I can't speak to the finale, but I know what happens because it's The Last of Us on HBO. Oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah. based on a video game yeah. called The Last of Us that I have played three times okay. all the way through. Oh nice. And I think it's a great game, and I think they did an unbelievably great job. Making that show, I really love it. I was waiting till all the episodes were out before I watched it. Yeah, Yeah, they're out now, and it's great. And if you've played the game, you will sort of be spoiled for the major plot points. Sure, it is not an exact one-to-one copy of the video game. In fact, I would say that one of, and you could even complain if you were a huge nerd gamer that you know there's not as many zombie encounters mm. because you know that's what the game is you're killing all these zombies, zombies yeah. and you know and the show was like there's episodes where there's not even maybe any zombies to kill in some of these episodes cuz right. you know they're also fighting other human survivors Factions, of the plague yeah. so you know there is that thing too but uh Bella Ramsey as Ellie and uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel awesome like really incredible casting yeah. the it looks incredible um, yeah, they, they shot it mostly in Canada, but um, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's really a journey across the United States. I love that. It starts in Texas. It goes to Boston. The video game is another thing people have sort of complained about. And I'm using air quotes on complaint. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff that takes place in Pittsburgh, they move to Kansas City. They, mm-hmm. The geography changed a little bit. It doesn't affect doesn't matter, your enjoyment yeah. of the show at all. Um, a lot of good uh, people that come on. Maybe they're on for one episode, two episode. Yeah, I know. A lot a of the bad guys. Yeah, about, and they're yeah. all they're all very good. They did a show. In fact, maybe the biggest deviation from the game is the story of Bill. Mm-hmm. And this Bill is a survivor who Joel sort of knows. Joel is helping this girl Ellie uh, go across the country. She's an important reason. There's an important reason why this Ellie needs to be protected mm-hmm. and needs to be. Uh, needs to survive and get to somewhere in the West. I forget what mm-hmm. state, but anyway. So he's trying to take her across country, and they get to what's called, in the video game, it's called Bill Town, mm-hmm. meaning Bill is this survivalist who has built this town sure. that is impenetrable right. to the zombies. The zombies can't get in here, and Bill is there, and he's surviving. And in the video game, you get there, and you meet Bill, and Bill helps you fight some of the guys and all that. Uh, but then you realize that Bill uh, actually had a relationship with a man, mm-hmm. um, and his partner killed himself Okay, uh, at some point. And you see this all in sort of notes. It's not really shown mm-hmm. or anything like that. Well, in the TV show, they actually, they give you Frank. They give you the guy. Yeah, they show you when Bill meets Frank. Oh, okay. And they show the relationship of Bill and Frank. Okay. And it's, uh, it's uh, oh, the guy from Parks and Rec. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah. And the other guys. Like, I'm so bad at names. No, I don't know who the Get other old. guys old. It's the guy from White Lotus, Murray. Oh, he's the he's one of God damn it. But he he plays Frank. He's an actual he's a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um but he uh plays Murray, what's his last name? I'm going to look this up. They're showing Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. He's an Australian actor. He, okay. But he play he's he's such a great actor mm-hmm. and you see this sort of unlikely romance between the survivalist and Frank. Very cool. And it's done so beautifully that, I mean, people say, I watched this episode and I just sobbed. Oh, seriously? Because they, they deviate from, like, what I described in the video game. It doesn't really go that way. Sure. In the show. But what they did is actually ten times better. Nice. I'm almost, you, can you see I'm almost welling up things? Is that out. good, huh? It's it's one of, people have called it the best episode of television ever made. The this is Bill and Frank. I think it's episode four. Episode maybe four, episode okay. three. It's really great. I, I can't, High art, yeah. I got to stop talking about it. No, it's sorry. really well done. Yeah. The Last of Us. Really good. It's the guy that made, a guy, uh, Craig Mazin, who made the TV show Chernobyl oh, on HBO, which was really good. Ugh. And the other thing great. they did that was really smart is they used uh, the guys that made the video game. Oh, Neil, smart. Neil Druckmann gotta have wrote and produced and I think even directed one of the episodes. Gotta have So, them. you know, hey, video games are, have great stories. Some they of them. They do, they do. The Last of Us might be the best one, and uh, it's a tremendous show. So I think you're going to enjoy it when you get to it. Anything else you're watching? Uh, no, actually, that's probably next up. Also, that one with uh, Jason Segel and Harrison yes, Ford. Yes, it's on my list. Shrinking. You, are you Very watching good. it yet? Or? Yeah, I think there's one or two left of that. Okay, good it's stuff. It's on Apple TV, and it? it's terrific. Okay. Yeah, Last of Us is on HBO, by the way, if you didn't know. But yeah, I shrinking. recommend Shrinking. Shrinking, Yeah, okay. it's super fun. Super um, fun. Yeah, you always talk about, I mean, you've had all these great celebrity encounters. I did meet Jason Segel oh, once. Okay, yeah. And 
uh, top notch, one of the best. Yeah. Oh, I, right. I can't even say enough. Was it when he was shooting his movie here? He, no, he was. Uh, it was in Austin, Texas, at the Austin oh, Film okay, Festival. Yeah. Just a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, yeah great. Because I, I was in that movie, uh, the five year engagement. That that's he right. Wrote and produced. He just wasn't there the day I was shooting. Oh shoot! But no. Mindy Kaling was there, and all these Emily Blunt and all these people. But Emily I didn't, Blunt. That's yeah. That's thumbs up. But I didn't meet Jason Siegel, unfortunately. Great guy. So. I always root for him. Yeah, I do too. Nice... I like his movies a lot, yeah. and. Uh, Probably the worst one he ever made was the five-year engagement the one that I made. That's funny. Yeah. We just but, saw uh, him in uh, uh, um, Winning Time, uh, the Lakers story. He played, oh, okay. he played uh, Paul Westhead. Oh, okay. I didn't coaches. see that show. It's good. But is it? Yeah. Really okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jay. Shrinking's very good. Okay. I mean, it's the guy. It's uh, uh, Ted Lasso guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the producer, and then Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy. Yeah, he's in. Uh... He's uh, he he like co-wrote and produced the show. Too. Oh, did he? Awesome. Yeah. So he got. He's a good Shrinking. comedian, apparently. Brett Goldstein. Oh, good. I, not, I was not when you see Roy on Ted Lasso, which, by the way, is coming back this week as well. Good. Um, you kind of go, that guy couldn't be a comedian, but I guess you know people in L.A. have been working with him for years. And oh, great. Yeah, you know, we have mutual friends and stuff. And oh, really? That guy's fantastic. So nice. That's cool to know, right? Absolutely. Um, I've been watching Poker Face on Peacock. Who is? Th- yeah, who's Natasha th- Leone. Okay. As a detective, sort of, it's it's very much in the vein of uh, what's what was the Peter Falk detective show? Oh, uh, Co- Colum- Columbo. Columbo. Yeah, yeah, it's Columbo. It's basically a modern Columbo with Natasha Lyonne. It's a a Ryan Johnson production. Yeah. Who made uh, Knives Out and Glass Onion, Last Jedi, uh, a lot of cool movies, even though Last Jedi is probably the worst Star Wars movie ever made. But he makes these detective things that are pretty good. Oh, he made Brick. Yeah, he made Brick. I loved Brick. But, you know, people loved, uh, uh, you know, people love Knives Out and Poker Face is kind of done in that same style. Where uh-huh. it's like it's there's a murder. You actually see the murder on the show, okay. so you know who did it. Okay. So it's more about why did they why do they it did, and yeah. how does Natasha Leone figure out? That's an interesting take. Who is going to be on it? And it's like different guests. You know, Nick, Nick Nolte was on the last one I watched. Oh, shit, seriously? Um, yeah, and there was uh, a lot of really cool people. Some people you don't see any, uh, like Judith Light from Hughes the Boss. Oh, yeah. Was on a, probably my favorite episode of the show was Judith Light. I saw her in an episode of American Horror Story. Yeah. And she's great, man. Yeah, she's, she's great. Beautiful. She's an old lady, but, yeah. you know, she's still a great actress. Beautiful, and, great actress. Uh, and really good in this. And she's kind of a villain in... in uh, poker face too without giving too much away i could see that it's a cool you know it's like one of those things you just kind of put it on you try to figure out little rels in one of them okay. uh, from from uh from uh get out you know so oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. little rel yeah little harley is that his last name i think so we know him as little rel. i know you and i, you I, and I call him little rel that's what we call yeah, him. we hang we hang out with him <laughs> right exactly uh and then there's another show uh that i just started it's it's been on it's kind of done two seasons on HBO, and I don't know if it's come back, but it's called The Two of Us. It's comedy. About 22 minutes each episode. Okay. A little short comedy. Oh, nice. But it's the story of, um, oh, it's not like The Two of Us. It's called The Other Two. The Other Two. Other Two. I should get the goddamn name right. <laughs> but I mean, what the reason it's called The Other Two is that um, it's the story of a 14-year-old boy who's basically, it's basically Justin Bieber, okay? I mean, okay. they have this kid. Yeah. He's called Chase Dreams. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> and he's the smiley That's little 14-year-old. Yeah. And I, I think his hit song was called, you know, like he had some viral song called uh, Will You Marry Me at Recess. So it's like really, like a really funny <laughs> Justin Bieber parody. <laughs> and his mom is like this typical stage mother played by Molly Shannon. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then the other two are his brother and sister, who are like in their twenties 
and are in New York City trying to become famous as actors. And uh, I think the daughter's a dancer or something. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, they're working all these odd jobs and they're like really struggling in New yeah, York City. Yeah. And then one day their mom and baby brother blow in to do the Tonight Show. Oh. And now you have this like weird family, family where dynamic, yeah. you have these talented brother sister who are struggling. Right. And then you have this kid who has really no talent other than he can smile. Right. Who's blowing up into the biggest star in the world some commentary there. the mom's blowing all the money it's really funny it's yeah. a really good uh, uh kind of show business kind of inside take on there i mean we laugh all the time it's uh it's a it's a production of lauren michaels it's his production company that did it so mm-hmm. i think there is some snl dna on this sure. i can't remember i think who the writer creators were like uh you know snl writers at sure. some point but uh, I think the second season came out last year, but me and my girlfriend were looking for something to watch that's short, you know, yeah, so like when you don't have an hour, you just yeah. go, or if we're eating dinner, like, okay, yeah. let's not watch a murder thing because yeah, there's going to be blood and we're going to spit our food up. Shit. Yeah, exactly. So we, we just started watching the other two the other day and it's so funny, man. Good. So, I'll check that out. Yeah, you should check that out. I think you dig it. It's, I will. it's a great, uh, it's a great commentary nice on, uh. On, um, you know, show business. And I mean, obviously the kid, you know, Chase Dreams, it's like you could totally see him being famous. It's like like oh. in one episode, they have some, you know, girl pop star, like basically Ariana Grande. You know, she's right. called something else. But it's like they set them up on a date to go to some red carpet thing together. And then they're like on, uh, you know, Facebook Live together or Instagram Live. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, the I'll other two out. made my list. That's it's fun. Molly Shannon, two. come on, she's I love around. Molly Shannon. She's doing good stuff. We don't have enough Molly Shannon. Yeah, so Molly Shannon, you'll you'll, you'll dig that. Um, and he's got a manager who's a real asshole, and that guy's funny. He's a yeah. shyster. So yeah. good stuff. The other two. So anyway, I think we're gonna wrap it up with that. We've done we've done almost two hours. Okay. That's enough for people, right? I think they've had enough of That's us. Enough. Yeah. Will this hold them till July? You think? Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next Joel Radio is in July, okay. and uh, no, I'm kidding. We're going to try to do this more regularly, but sure. we're working on Comedy Castle Podcast, so remember to check that out. That's important. Over at ComedyCastlePodcast.com and come to the club. I, I, I've i said this on that show, and I've said this to people at the club, and they agree with me and people that work there, and I go, I don't know that comedy's ever been hotter that I've been a part of it. Oh, it's hot. Then right now. It's hot. And that's guys like you who have shows. Yeah. And guys who, you know, I talked to, you know, Dan Britton and all these guys that have shows yeah. and Charles Hill's show uh, that I did his shows. new Baltimore show. And that yeah, was fantastic. Yeah. And, and some so, of the, the new comedians that are coming yeah. up, they're running their own shows right yeah. away, which is really smart. A lot of them learn from me. But, yeah. you know, but that's, that's what good I mean. thing. It's great. That's why I do that. Of course. I do that in my comedy class to sort of say you can make a name for yourself. You can make some money. It will only benefit your career to have a great place for other comedians to play. I know it's benefited you. Oh, in huge ways. Yeah. So, uh, um, I think the also thing you're also seeing is that some of the comics, um, at least that I would consider friends and peers, are really leveling up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Camero's going to headline, you know. Well, uh, that's, you know, I've got uh, two Nate, of... Nate Armbruster, you know. Two of my students finally headlining the Comedy Cast. So this is the first. Who were they? Who? After eight years, uh, Melanie Hearn and Camero. Oh, yeah. Melanie and So Hearn, they both great. did my class. and. And Melanie came out. I was really touched by this because, you know, I've known Melanie for years. And mm-hmm. you know, I knew Melanie before she did the classes. She used to do, we used to do tons of open mics together. And oh, nice. my ex-girlfriend, who's a comic, and her worked together a hundred times. You know, so I know her very well. And she came up to me and she's, I said, congratulations, you're headlining. And she goes, she's like, Joel, I got to represent the class. 
And I don't even, she's done so much, I don't even associate her with the class. Right. So it was kind of touching for That's her to like nice. bring that up as, it's very cool. you know, like very... the class really helped her to get where she is. And I'm like, shit, you're so talented. I don't think you needed me, but when she posted you know, on, yeah. So, so shout out Facebook. to Melanie. Yeah. Yeah. When she posted yeah. on Facebook, she specifically mentioned the class. Yeah. She's super funny. She's I, great. I, I, I'm, I'm so proud of her and Cam, Cam's another guy. Oh, Cam came to class. I mean, you don't really need this class, dude. And he's like, well, you know, I'm new to Detroit and he had, you know, he had been out in L.A. doing stuff, and was you know, he was he was already a star in England from his television. That's what I've heard from yeah. that reality show he did the 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 the, uh, the True TV or yeah, the, it's well, it was it's one of those um, for those who don't know Camero, he did Storage Hunters, right. which is not Storage Wars where which they go through the storage units. Tells you it's, it's kind like, of the knockoff, yes, uh, that True TV did. Uh, but he was on that show, and that show, I guess, in England, mm-hmm. I guess they don't get Storage Wars. Right. So, so that's like the A show. You yeah, know, so he, if you go to England, yeah. Storage Hunters is the real show. It's not the knockoff. And Cam Rowe can't walk down the street in yeah. London, right? So <laughs> Cam is like a big deal and they tour and they do all kind of live shows. So he comes to the States and, you know, he he's from Detroit. Right. But he had just moved back and wasn't doing any comedy. He was like, look, I need to figure out how to do comedy in Detroit. And he said, you can help me. And I said, you know what, dude, let's go. You're funny. And uh, uh, that guy's that guy's incredible. Jason man. Jamerson, Nate Armbruster, oh, yeah, Jason, all these yeah, all great these, yeah, young, people, you know. A lot of good young people. Guys have been around for a yeah, while yeah. and have been working hard at it, and they're finally getting their big shot. I'm proud and, of them. Um, yeah, it's good definitely. to be associated with them. So it's a good time to be in comedy. I know. Great time. And, you know, some people ask this. They go, why is comedy big now? And I, I explain it this way. I think um, a little bit of what we talked about today. The movies ain't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. People aren't going the way that they used to go. It's not... It's Friday night. Let's go to the movies. That's not necessarily the thing that people think about. That's kind of an outdated thing. So you watch stuff at home. Well, you want to go out. Well, all right, let's go to let's go to a concert. Who's at Little Caesars Arena? Oh, it's fucking three hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket. On well, the low end. Yeah. Fuck that. We're not going to that. Yeah. So comedy <laughs> is sort of filling that in. Mm-hmm. It's a live entertainment thing that's affordable. It's very good. Like I think people are kind of surprised or I think they're learning I agree how good comedy is when you don't know who the person is yeah because you know we've said for years and even after the pandemic it was like well the fox is going to sell out with all these guys everybody knows the superstars yeah but the comedy castle again was still kind of struggling there for a while yeah but I think people are now learning like there's tons of good comedy everywhere yeah so whether it be your place comedy castle mm-hmm. whatever yeah these are good shows. You should go to them and people are going and having a great time. So will it last forever? I don't know. Probably not, but get it now. Yeah, it's great. It's so, it's so fun. It's every weekend there's a show. If I'm not at one of the clubs, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go to a friend show and support them or, but I'm usually on a show to be honest. I'm lucky that way. So uh, yeah, fantastic. Great time to, great time to be doing Great time to be doing comedy. Great time to be uh, doing this show with you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. I appreciate it. And please go out to Oxford, support his show. I mean, that lineup with, uh, with Jay Chris Newberg and Melissa, and I take it you're on that. I am on that show. Yes. It's going to be a good time. So I think everybody uh, shows up and watches that show. Thank you, Joel. And again, uh, catch me over at ComedyCastlePodcast.com interviewing the comedians from Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Usually 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, so yeah. a little shorter dose yeah. of me and maybe a little less of me and more of them. It depends <laughs> on the act. Some of these guys I can't believe. Even I, when I can't get a word in with these comedians. That's good. You know, they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're loud mouths just they like want me. To, so. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt Bronger. Funny yeah, guy, but yeah. I said two fucking words to Matt Bronger. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he was great. Um, so yeah, just thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Joel Radio. Thank I you. know. Uh, I mean, without saying names, I you know I got a letter. I got a I got a message the other day, and somebody's like, you know, I'm really enjoying the podcast, and oh, nice. goes, I'm talking about Joel Radio too. It's and I go, oh nice shit, I didn't know you were even. And I was still listening to this, but we're doing it Fantastic. for you, absolutely for everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. guys. Later. <laughs>